This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by Blue Chew. What is Blue Chew? Are you kidding me? It's a unique online service that's helping you with your boners. And we got a special deal for you. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code OP, O-P-I-E, at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code OP. What happened? You just you just died off there. It's like your your actual real voice. The podcast has come full circle. Opie, you are here. If it was not for Opie and Anthony, I doubt I would have ever thought it would be so fun to do a podcast. What was it about us that made you want to do this? Because you guys are the first radio show that I've ever done that is a complete hangout. Right. Like almost every show that I had ever done, even the great ones, Howard Stern, whatever, it's felt like they have an agenda. Like they sit down and they'll ask questions and you know, they have a very and they're gonna control it and they're gonna move it along certain lines. With you guys, it was always just a hangout. You would go there, and it was just a, a, a real conversation. Well, uh, it's, it's just that we're lazy. <laughs> That's all that was. <laughs> yeah, but you don't understand and that's the right it, way to do it. But then it became our thing. You know, just to chill out and, you know, go for it. You guys doing it that way inspired me to do this the same way. Damn, that's so cool. 100%. 100%. If it wasn't for doing your show, because every other show where someone got, you know, they got interviewed. Right. On your show, you, you just talked. Right. I mean, we could go on a show and, you know, we could just all ask Anthony about guns, and that'd be a fascinating fucking show. The, and we could do it for an hour and a half. Hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? We, that, yeah, that's days. him getting warmed up as far as guns go. <laughs> that would be three, yeah. four hours. But you know what I mean? I mean, it's like. It, it's, well, the philosophy I've always had about radio is uh, philosophy about radio. Uh, there's a lot of egos in radio. Yeah. And so they there's a lot of guys, I don't feel like naming names today, but a lot of guys. Those, they have to be the funniest guy in the in the room. They have to be the most creative, the you know, the most interesting. And we took the tact like, if you come on our show, we're gonna fucking sit back and listen to what Joe Rogan has to say because you come in well prepared and you'll you you blow our mind every time you come in. But when I go home and I'm in among my friends and family, they go, "Wow, that was a really good show today." I get the credit in the end. So who gives a fuck <laughs> who the funniest guy is in the room or or the most interesting? But a lot of radio guys never understood that fucking concept. So it goes back to your thought: everything has to be all right for the next fifteen minutes. We're gonna do this, and then we're gonna move on to the interview. And if you get a laugh, I got to make sure I get a bigger laugh. It, it was ex- that's an exhausting way to do it. It's really dumb too. It's like why would you not want a other people to be funny right how does that make you less funny like the idea that your entire body of work that you've done up until now is meaningless if this other person of, is funnier for course. a brief moment of course and, you it's know. so stupid it's like why would you be even affected by it at all if right. someone else is doing well but the business is filled with those guys it's so weak it's, it's the it's worst instinct to have guys. comedy yeah. is as well yeah and and they're scared of the unknown as far as radio goes you know if something's going well, just go with it. But right. they have that stupid uh, clock in their head and like, well, we only 
allowed 20 minutes for this guy to be funny or interesting, and we got to move on to like news or some horseshit. Yeah, they have to go Instead, to Instead, just throw all that shit away yeah. and just keep going. All right, we're going to read the news at noon. You <laughs> right. know, like your yeah. fucking thing that you have to do yeah. every 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. All that. And that bored the hell out of me when I got into radio. I mean, they still do it. They still I, do it. I got in and I was playing music and all that shit. And I'm like, this is stupid. If I can't talk and just, you know, have some kind of hang, then I'm going to go and do something else. Yeah. Kevin and Bean uh, are really interesting guys. I don't know if you know them at all. The well, LA I, guys. Of course. Yeah. Do you guys, have you ever, I, I met know. one of them. Who's the bigger guy? That's Bean. Yeah. I met Bean <clears throat> at K Rock in New York. He, really he, he could, smart. He could have been nicer really smart cats right and if someone just like let them talk in the morning and just have people on talking and have guests on to talk with them sure it'd be fucking a fantastic radio show mm -hmm. but they have to shove songs in they right. just shove songs in on well because that's the new thing on regular radio you got to get yeah. the music in for whatever reason it's, i mean and it's all music we've heard a million times yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna blow my mind with a new song right and you could be in the middle of the coolest fucking conversation they have to play a song yeah like, oh, and, and the pds so are down weird. the hall they're they're watching in the clock and they'll hotline you they'll knock they'll come marching in the studio and they'll they'll do this point at an yeah. imaginary watch like you know get get back to the format it's so whack hey is am i gonna get strep throat from you no no no, no. he didn't he didn't well, he, 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 i was only contagious for the first i'm trying to have hours. a I, all i'm thinking is i'm gonna get strep throat now I was only contagious how do you get for, strep throat do you have to kiss somebody or something uh, I think it's from eating a lot of pussy. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'm allergic to penicillin, which is like the number one like get rid of strep thing. So that's why I get it so much. You're that guy that's allergic to it. Yeah, I'm the one guy, and then so I have. I think that's why I get it so much. But the only thing I've been doing is eating pussy. Dude, you sound like you're doing a character. He's like, you're only thinking, you're eating pussy. Oh, like the voice? creepiest guy yeah, ever voice to be talking. To. Brian has strep throat right now. Yeah, Brian, so your voice is whack. His voice. Yeah. Is what really happens fucked. to you if you took penicillin? I need to know. Uh, I get a huge rash over my whole entire That's body. It? It's a pretty bad rash, though. Not like yeah, but like you can survive that, right? Yeah. But I, I can take Z-Packs, and that usually works. Love the Z-Packs. This time, my, Love the Z my, my left tonsil is so big that the air is gone from like my throat. Like oh, my God. Whole. Oh, really? And so like when I try to sleep, it's like I'm gagging the whole night because I'm like, I yeah. can't breathe. Oh, <laughs> you ever, you ever have uh, strep throat? I think so, yeah. It's not, it's not fun. It's horrible. Yeah. This place is set up. Uh, it's kind of intimidating. Intimidating? Wait yeah. till we put the werewolf in. What's the werewolf? Again, a werewolf. There's a guy named Pat McGee. He's a special effects guy. He's yeah. recreating uh, the American werewolf. Right. You know, uh, American werewolf in London. They do a full size version of it. And you're putting that in here? Yeah. <laughs> How badass is that going to be? I'm jealous. Yeah. We got just a shitty studio in New York that we can't do much with. Well, that's the beautiful thing about not having a boss. We, you know, right. do whatever we want. Well, just, right. We just we set might have up. done a little of that just a little while ago. You guys can, yeah, maybe a little of that. You know, <laughs> you guys uh, have been saddled down by bosses forever. Mm. If you guys. Uh, not really. Never. No, we've never listened to him. Yeah, that's true. Which has but caused you, a lot of strife over the years. But, but the fact that there's isn't even any strife, you know, they should just leave you the fuck alone. Wait, they should let you do whatever you want to do, and you're going to do it the right way. You're yeah. trying to do a good show. As much as we complain, I mean, we're allowed to do whatever the fuck we want. But, but so. what about what about? But this when, is ideal. Yeah, you have you don't listen to anybody. No, not a no have, one is no one there. down your back. There's no one there. This is the whole operation. <laughs> you're looking at the whole operation. Fuck. 
Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, we do whatever we want. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shit that I'm sure we would have gotten in trouble for if we had to listen to somebody. What do you think is but the, it's stupid. What it's, is your number one thing you would have gotten in trouble for if it was on regular radio? You said the word cunt. Oh, language crap? Yeah. Yeah, but satellite, you can no, do a lot that. of, you know, I'm no, sure a lot of corporate stuff. But talking guys... about corporations, drugs. Ah, yeah. nah. You would have yeah. lost a couple sponsors. But did you do any bits that would have gotten you in trouble? We don't really do bits. You yeah, know? Bits are going away. Yeah. We just, I mean, I would rather just have conversations with interesting people. I guess. You know? but, then, you know, but every now and then someone will do a bit that's fucking great. I mean, I'm not opposed to anybody creating anything that's funny. It's just for us. But you have a lot how to we say. do it. So much to talk about, Hope. The and, world is fucking bananas. And I do have to say this. You're the king of Twitter. The king of Twitter? I uh, you the are Twitter. the king of Twitter. How and did it I do has that? to be said. You're sh- the, the links you tweet are just amazing. Oh, well, get them to me. You know, most, yeah, but you're searching that out. Yeah. Well, and, maybe and it, some of it is uh, things I retweet. Some of it is things that people yeah, I send understand. me. I mean, I, whatever I could but, find. But you're filtering it from, yeah. you know, you're filtering the shit you're, you're finding and then yeah. uh, sending it out uh, to your people. But. Well, there's never been a time where you get so much weird shit thrown at you all day. And you can throw it right back at everybody yeah. else. Yeah. You were the one that started the whole um, planet thing where Earth is this. Yeah. And then it shows this. Yeah. And it just gets bigger and bigger and just blows your mind. Now the thing is everywhere, but you were the first one to tweet that. Oh, really? Was just I? To, just knowing how fucking big shit is. I out love there. that video. That that video. I don't is love so it. So fascinating. You do you love it though? Yeah, yeah, I do. Does it creep you out? Yeah, definitely, definitely does. We had uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson Tyson on mm-hmm. the other day, the uh, astrophysicist. Sure. And he was talking to us about. Oh my God, he was talking to us about the depth of the universe and it just. The way he does it, first of all, he's so brilliant and passionate. And when he when he describes things, it's just so like there's like a theater to it as well, you right. know, because he's such a good talker. Yeah. And he's also so fucking smart. So when he's talking about the multiverse and the idea that the universe with hundreds of billions of galaxies, like almost infinite, is really just one of an infinite number <laughs> of universes, you're like, stop it! <laughs> it just freaks. It can freak and, you the fuck out. And you're one of these guys. You're, you're convinced is. There's life all over the fucking place, right? I don't see how we, you know, I think they've done calculations on not just like everything in the world is a collection of atoms, essentially, right? And I think if you understand, <laughs> see, there it is. That's your, uh, your, that's your the buzzer. whistle. I think they understand that if the universe is large enough, that every collection of atoms in exactly the same collection as it is on Earth, mm-hmm. will exist somewhere else. That there, when you're talking about something that's infinite, like literally everything that exists in the exact same order, right. in the exact objects, in the exact place, exist in some place, but it has to be it's some insane light years away, like 14 trillion, 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 trillion. There was right. a Into the Wormhole with, uh, what's, what's his name? Um, the guy who's banging his da- granddaughter. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Okay. And he's the uh, the host of this. And yeah. it's just like, so there's another ope. It's just you have to go far enough. That's what infinity means. I mean, right. it's, it's so crazy that not only is there another ope, but there's another Jamie in the room, there's another Brian in the room, and there's another me in the room. Like, that is real. But what kind of life you think is out there? The think... us. I think we're out there. But exactly how yes. we're living on exactly. Earth? Exactly. 
That's or, how or crazy. Is it, or is it Earth uh, 5,000 years ago? The universe is, being infinite is so crazy that the Earth in exactly the order that it appears here might be somewhere else. Right, okay. Because it's just a combination of atoms in various states. And That's that combination crazy. of atoms in various states could absolutely mirror in the infinite. But we have to think about what the infinite means. Right. What the, what the infinite is, it's impossible for us to, to conceptualize. Did that freak you out as a kid? Fuck yeah. When you started Fuck thinking yeah. about the universe and then you were okay with the fact that wait maybe it ends and there's a wall this is how i thought of it i'm like okay the, the universe ends and there's a wall yeah but then i started thinking what the fuck's on the other side of the wall i remember being a little kid and just stopping and thinking for a second that there's not a roof there's not a roof right. to the world wow you know that's just that's... kind of flying through space yeah and all of a sudden, my my world went like from my point of view to being this is my neighborhood, this is where I live. To what the fuck? Like, <laughs> how come nobody's talking about that? It was yeah. it was really weird to right. be like a seven or eight year old, whatever it was, when I really started. Probably about eight. Yeah, I think it happens uh, around eight for everyone because yeah. that's about the time you realize you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, is that the worst yeah. day of your life ever? It's a scary day. I remember man. I learned at eight that you were going to die. And my parents were taken off to go to the movies. <laughs> I just wanted to suckle on my mom's tit. <laughs> I was so fucking scared. And yeah. to them, it was just a night out. To me, it was like a life changer. I'm like, wait a minute. This fucking thing ends someday? Yeah, it was a weird, weird night. I cried the first night. I realized Fuck that yeah. I was going to die someday. I was like six or something like that. I cried. I was really sad. Yeah. And that was also when I was I'd, I'd already given up on religion because I did a year in Catholic school. Are you a Catholic guy originally? Yeah. yeah. I did one year in Catholic school. And I was like, that, nope. I'm I told my parents I'd run away from home. Was I'm, it like, I'm not going. Was it all boys school? No. They it would was, separate the sexes? They separated us in class. But, oh, okay. uh, there was girls that would have other classes. I, I, was, I was brought up Catholic, but I'm not, a, I'm not an organized religion guy. The craziest girl I ever dated was, uh, went to an all-girls Catholic school. Yeah. What do you believe in then? Um, I don't really believe in anything. I mean, I don't not believe in anything either. That's are the problem. A are you an atheist? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say I'm an atheist. There's something, right? No. We just haven't defined I don't know. it. I, I would definitely not throw out the possibility that there's something. I think to throw out the possibility that there's something out there is kind of silly. I think this a lot of the reaction that people do that is the reaction against organized religion. And organized religion, we all know, is silly. So mm -hmm. your reaction is to say, no, there's no God, there's no well, anything, there's no evidence. I, I, I respectfully leave open the possibility for almost anything. But do you, you said uh, we all know. We all know what? That, that religion is That worship. organized religion? You if think you're listening to this show and you, you feel me on this, dog, I'm telling but, you, you no, know and I know that it's a crock of shit. But that was an in, uh, that, no that, zombies. But that's interesting. I want to go with that for a second. Okay. Like, are you talking to the people out there that go to church every Sunday? They even know. They know. Or are you talking about Everybody the people that have given knows. up on on uh, organized religion? If you're really paying attention, you know it's horseshit. If you're really paying right. attention, and if you're not paying attention, that's on you. Right. You don't have. But to. people just don't want to admit that. Right. They don't want to admit to that. themselves. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's no God. There's, you know, the idea that there's no God is crazy. But the real problem is the idea that all those contradictory things, all those 
ridiculous uh, uh, things that are written down on paper about controlling property and about wearing types of cloth at the same time, things that you could be put to death for. Right. Like if you really knew what the fuck was in the Bible and you really like got a good account of it, an excellent translation of all of it together, which is really fucking difficult, right. you would go, this is crazy people talk, okay? This is not God telling you all this shit. There may be a God and maybe God has a way of communicating you to you through good and bad feelings, good and bad reactions to people. I mean, maybe that's what God's message truly is, and that yeah. people have sort of learned lessons from these things and written them down. It doesn't discount the idea that there might be some overwhelming force in the universe that creates all of this. The idea that we should discount that entirely, I think, is kind of nuts. I think the problem is that it's been simplified. It's this nonsense sort of fucking cartoonish, you know, man in a robe and God's and then his son, Jesus, came down. I think that that's what fucks it up for the real idea, because the real idea is not that far fetched. Well, how do we update that? Well, yeah, that's a good I mean, point. Because the, the Bible was written, what, 600 years after the fact? <sighs> the real problem is pussy, okay? Let me, <laughs> Let me just break it down. The real problem is pussy, because what happens is... <laughs> Someone has uh, a new way of thinking. Someone has a new way of doing it. And sure. so, someone comes up with a new Bible, and they put it all together, and then they start teaching that shit, and then they start banging chicks. And then everybody gets pissed off, and then everybody wants to come in Waco-style with guns, and you're not going to be able to update it. One of the things about religion is it has to be old as fuck. Right. If it's not old as fuck, we're, gonna, we're not going to trust you. But there was a time Catholicism wasn't old as fuck. Yeah, that but was like, it was either one. There was a time it, it was as new as Scientology. And when was that? When was it created? I don't fucking know. Was it like created all at once, or did it absorb other religions? I, I don't. I don't know the history I, of Catholicism. I have, I have no idea. It just always disgusted I wasn't, me. I wasn't paying attention. What a cunty religion! Oh, to grow up as a Catholic was just fucking just torturous. And then, it, and then the other religions you got to you know blow off as not being real. Well, everyone's full of shit. No one <laughs> That's knows. That's kind of crazy. Too, That's right? the, the reality is the, the absolute hardcore reality is that we're just studying some things that people wrote. And the idea that any of that stuff is a message from God and then he's not communicating with you today in some way, shape or form mm. is crazy. You know, I think that most of what people wrote about, most likely the origins of it, the real big experiences that we wrote about were either bullshit or right. were probably psychedelic experiences. I think they were eating a lot of mushrooms back then. The shit grew everywhere. They knew the ones you could eat and the ones you couldn't because it kept you alive. You talked about that on our show. Yeah. And and you look at the old, uh, what, drawings and yeah the and, old drawings and, and of the, the old art and stuff and you, yeah. you see the fucking magic mushrooms all magic mushrooms first of all all over christmas lore all over depictions of christmas is the yeah. amanita muscaria mushroom mm. i mean you see little elves with like like dancing around these mushrooms so uh, the thing about that mushroom is apparently it was very variable like you could get a hold of some of it and it doesn't do shit for you and then you can get a hold of some other stuff that gives you the psychedelic experience yeah. and it might be seasonal it might be geographical it might vary in genetics so it's a tricky mushroom but there's a lot of evidence that points to the root of like a lot of these religious things having to do with mushrooms and in the use of uh, psychedelics so why don't they write about that well because it's first you, of you all you can find it deep on you can find it on the internet yeah. somewhere deep but 
there have been people that have written things about it, but it's not something that you know makes people excited. Yeah. The uh, the idea of psychedelics being anything other than a distraction and you know something bad for your life, mm. you know, like you you think about like someone says, oh, he does psychedelics. What does that mean to me? Was it to me? You know, automatically think Hunter S. Thompson. He's losing his mind. He's firing his gun at the walls. Sure. You know, that, that sort of vision pops into mind. Are you heading that way? No. <laughs> That's crazy. But if you, if you said, Aren't you Aren't know, you the Hunter S. Thomas of our time? I don't know. That's ridiculous. Are you getting there? No. Why? He was so. a genius, wasn't he? He was, a, he was an alcoholic, too. <laughs> I mean, the end, it was really, I'm, I'm just, a huge fan, and the end uh, of his life is very sad. I was listening, listening to your, uh, yeah, he, yeah. He was Towards just, the end, he was like almost, he couldn't even understand them. Yeah. He was well, just the mumbling. The alcohol took yeah, I know you're not a big alcohol guy. No, because I no. listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Who did you have on? One of our oh, Dom Herrera, powerful Dom Herrera. Yeah, that was, was my a, pool playing partner. I know, and and I I found it fascinating that you used to hang out at that pool joint. Which one? The north north of the city, Chelsea West? Chelsea Billiards. No, yeah. uh, weren't you in the oh, suburbs? White Plains. White Plains. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. executive billiards and White. That Plains. was a great podcast too. Yeah. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, tell was... the old stories of uh, the old pool hall. Yeah, um, well, that's you, one of the last fun places where a man could be a man in this country. You know, there's something about pool halls. Like, a lot of people, like, they look down on it or they have a negative connotation with it because a lot of times pool is thought of as, like, this kind of tough person game or right. some, you know, you're going to be around, like, seedy characters. And But I've had some of the best times of my life in pool halls. Are you good? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Real good? Came in second place in a tournament last night. Oh, you're still playing well. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I played in a tournament. And you still last like night. it? Yeah, yeah. Right I just started playing in tournaments again. But yeah, I love playing. I play it. I play take a lot. People man. for money? No, no, no. I mean, if I, if I gamble <laughs> with somebody, I would gamble like uh, for the pay for the time or something like that, or right. pay, play for like twenty bucks or something like that. But, I'm not really interested in in stealing. Well, you don't money. need the money, but I'm, I'm just interested in. Uh, I just like the game. Yeah. I just like playing the game. I like competing. Why? Why do you like that game? Because it's a control game. The game is all about focusing in exactly on the amount of effort that you have to use with your hand to make a ball roll a certain amount of revolutions. And there's times where literally you're looking for the position to be to vary between one and maybe a half a revolution. So you're, you're looking to get that close, and you're doing this all striking a ball with another ball. Not when I play. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to try to hit that mark. Have you ever seen anybody that's really good? Well, yeah. Like really, really good? On ESPN. Yeah, in real life. The there's, widow there's, lady. There's like an art to What's it. What's her name? Oh, Jeanette Lee. Yeah. Jeanette Lee. She's very good. Yeah. Well, she's good to look at. There's there's guys that you watch them play, and it's like you're watching an art form. It's like I think that's... And it blows your mind when you yeah, see yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case with anything. I think if you understand chess, I think uh, that, that chess is like that. I think the people that really understand chess... I mean, I understand chess, but not enough to like read like the Rook Knight to Seven, right. you know, all that shit. I, right. don't, I don't really know it that way. I just know like which pieces go in what way. Right. But I know that to, piece, to people that love games... They'll like sit and watch a guy play, and they get a ooh or a ah when they see a, a good move. They're like, oh, oh yeah, damn, that's oh the, fuck wow. yeah, Look fuck what he yeah. Just did. My he God. just jacked him with that shit, and that you know that a pre that comes from like knowing that that form of competition. I, I used to like playing chess. I, I was pretty good growing up, and then when you realize you have to think 10, 12 fucking moves ahead, <laughs> it's a lot of work. I was done. Yeah, it's a lot of work to think to think about all these different things that could possibly happen and to calculate what's the risk and the reward and then, and to factor in how your opponent plays. Right. What's your, what's your yeah. deal with alcohol? What, why don't you like it as much as like well, it's just bad for the, your body. The other stuff you've talked about. Oh, it's fun. It's just bad for your body. 
You yeah. know, like, he still I mean, drinks it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I still drink. I mean, I'll have, I'll have a couple of cocktails on occasion. On occasion. But the problem is, like, get hammered, then the next day you feel like fucking shit. Right. And, but if you smoke pot, you don't feel bad at all, mm. you know? Alcohol does a lot of, you know, great things. It, it, it enables people to laugh when they maybe wouldn't. It's a lot more fucking high-fiving, a lot more craziness. Listen, Alcohol could be great. Loosen some people up. Yeah, it loosens people yeah, up. Man. It's great for comedy clubs, man. Yeah. Like you could tell, like evenings, uh, weeknights at the improv. Like one of the things about the improv during the week, uh, the shows are great. They're very realistic. Like the crowds do not give you any more than you deserve. If you're if you're killing, they'll laugh really hard. Sure. But you got to be on point. Right. And they're, they're not going to just give it to you. Yeah, they're not drinking. You look around, you'll see like a lot of sodas and shit, you know? I just got a text from Jamie from the improv. Badi. Well, yeah. I flew in. You mean the Laugh Factory? Oh, oh he's Laugh Factory? Yeah, buddy, I'm not improv. Oh, there is sorry. other club on the other side of town, buddy. He writes, Opie, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, lost my phone. You are welcome to come anytime. I, I wrote him two, two nights ago. I'm, I, when I come to town, I like going to the comedy store or, you know, any of the places. That's where we first met. Uh, yes. Yeah, we first Backstage. met before I ever did your show. We met at the comedy People store. People always ask me why I love Joe Rogan so much. And uh, when we were going through our shit for the sex in the church thing, you, like, stepped out and, and wrote a fucking article on the whole damn thing supporting us. Yeah, I was, I was horrified that no one was getting upset that you guys were getting. Oh, everyone was getting upset. But I mean, you know, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like a national free speech outrage right. sort of a situation. No, man, you wrote a great article, and that's when I started really realizing, you know, what you were all about, you know, because I, I knew you from Fear Factory. I didn't even know that you were a stand-up at that at, at that time. Yeah, we didn't know each other. And then when I saw your stand-up, I was absolutely blown away because you know you leave thinking about shit. I like that. I like that from a stand-up. But um, Thanks, what, man. what was going to say? Oh. Um, there was no outrage because we didn't have the social networking. Like exactly. our, our fan base was, they were out of their minds. Like, what do you mean you guys are getting kicked off the air? But there was no Twitter back then. There was nothing. So it's kind of like, I, I guess we've said it on our show a bunch of times, you know, you hit, you kick an anthill and mm. all the ants go fucking scurrying, but they don't know what the fuck to do. That, that was our fan base. They were all pissed yeah. off. They were running in, you know, all sorts of directions, but they, they couldn't organize. Nowadays you could organize, obviously. I thought it was the most ridiculous shit ever that people were making a great outrage about the fact that someone had sex in a church. Mm. That it's like you did something so horrible. Oh, man. They did something that everybody wants to do, but right. they did it in a super secret special place. Right. The yeah, Magic House. Yeah, why is it bad there? It's not bad there. It's stupid. Why would it have been well, worse what, if someone fucked in a supermarket? That was my point. Like, right, yeah. I, would be, I would think it would be worse but if someone fucked it, at a Toys R Us. Yeah, no, I get your point. But what would be the answer to why is it bad in a church? Is that disrespectful? Yeah, it's a Magic House. That's what they're saying. Yeah. They're saying that magic is real and that all this fucking corny bullshit that's obviously yeah. not real. You know, really, like, these people with their stained glasses, and there's a dude who's being tortured to death. <laughs> right. And you're supposed to stare at that and feel bad. Yeah, yeah it was in the vestibule anyway. So, I, I don't even think it was in the actual church. And to this day, I don't even know if they actually did it. <laughs> but it cost me two and a half years of my career. And you were one so of the gross. I mean, literally one of the only guys stepping forward. It was so gross. I couldn't believe it was real. I couldn't believe you guys were getting fired for that. Mm -hmm. I just, I just like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, if we don't stand up and say, this is nothing. This right. is not that big a deal. Right. Why are you making a big deal out of it? Not only that, it's, it's, it's funny. Right. It is funny. You know, well, well, if, they, if they did it anywhere else, would you have gotten in trouble? That's the real question.
They yeah. did it a lot of other places that day. But that didn't get you in trouble. Nah, they no. They didn't even talk about that. It's the that. church that got you in trouble. So that's Dude, really saying that this, there's like a public policy. Well, here, the magic place is real. Right. Well, here's the thing. The same day, it was done in uh, Toys R Us. Mm. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Isn't was that right about that? So it was a toy store and a church yeah. were the two biggies that day. But they didn't care about the Toys R Us. <laughs> The fact that they did or that's F.A.O. Right. Schwartz, one of those. I don't yeah, know. I think it might have been F.A.O. Schwartz. The fact that that the, the they're reinforcing the idea that this magic place is actually a magic place. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really kind of creepy that people go there and they want to worship and they want to be like, you know. So like, you, if they interrupted and started fucking in a bunch of people you know, in front of a bunch of people, but if no one knows about it, they actually pulled it off. Right. Like they didn't get caught, right? No. Nah. See, no. Nah, there was a security guard that saw it. And, oh. act- and actually, he basically said, get the hell out of here. I don't want to deal with this shit. <laughs> and then someone grandstanded of that day, and, you know, it got... So the only person that saw it was the security guard. That was it. We were we were done. We were good. He saw, and he didn't want to deal with it. He didn't want to write it up. He didn't want to call anyone. And then someone grandstanded, and then the guy basically was like, all right, fine, if this is what you want. And then next thing you know, the cops got involved. Wow. It was so rude. But we had a chance that we would have got away with it. And then we would have went to our bosses like, ah, man. You know, we were just making believe. It's just so silly. But that fucked us up, man. We've, we've never come back from that. We were, <laughs> we were so fucking big. Yeah, you guys were gigantic. Holy fuck. And then the world changed by the time we got back. Yeah, two and a half fucking years. Two and a half years. Isn't it funny that, you know, people get addicted to other shows. They just, like, well, was... they lock onto a show, and then they just get, uh, they, they get into it. And if you take it away from them for a couple of years, things change. Well, they came back, but, I mean, you know, then we're competing with everything else. Yeah. You know, to this, now look, everyone's podcasting, everyone's on their phones. You know, now you're competing with some idiot that just wants to look at tweets all day. So right, right. you've you got to try to get their attention. Could you have uh, done podcasting at that point? You uh, know, if that existed? Do, no, nothing. No, there was nothing to do. We had to wait. Wow. They actually uh, paid Oof. us. And people go, oh, you got paid. Yeah, but do you love doing this? Yeah, and yeah. And if someone took this away f- uh, from you for two and a half years, or the UFC, for two and a half years, but they were paying you, would you be cool with that, Joe Rogan? No, I'd be sad. And Plus the fact that I, I knew that another company would hire us you know, uh, immediately to yeah. continue where we were. Yeah, you would have immediately gotten But our company said, fuck that. We're paying you every single dollar, but wow. you, you can't do nothing. That's so gross. What a shitty fucking company policy. It's so That's stupid. And I tried to get out of my contract at the time, but uh, my agent was a little scared because he, he was getting his piece. Ugh. He was getting his taste. So I'm like, come, oh, come on, man. We'll get this whole fucking thing back together. Oh, that's so yucky on his part. <laughs> that's a contract conflict of inf- interest, isn't well, it? I mean, we're making he's doing something. Yeah, uh, we're making good money, and he was getting his ten percent. Yeah, that's a conflict. So of why interest would career-wise, he, Why would he call the company and go, "Hey, you know, my boys went out," but uh-huh. I'd call him like weekly. I'm like, "Get us the fuck out of this contract," because at the, the time, Clear Channel was the big, you know, radio company. They wanted us immediately. They wanted to put us on uh, Q104 in New York. So what? What you know? What, did they want money to get for a payoff to get you out of the contract? Did they? Or would you have had to just take a chance? I, and I get sued. I, um, wait, what was that again? Because I had a thought would, there. Oh, I said, would would they want money? Like, it would, oh, would have the your company? company that own, who owned you guys? It was CBS. CBS Infinity Broadcast. Would they have accepted money to get out of it? Nope. No. The, and you know, people, so how could you people are gonna say people are gonna say you're full of shit, but I know this. I know this uh, to be true. They didn't want us to compete with Howard. Uh, 
because they knew we'd go across the street, do moorings. Would we beat Howard Stern in moorings? I don't know. I would like to think we'd have a pretty good shot at uh, back then, especially. And uh, they you guys knew were killing it. In the we afternoon. were fucking huge in, the, in afternoons. They knew at the very least we were going to take a, you know a nice chunk of his audience away, and that that was a lot of money to the company. So they sat down in a boardroom. And they said, "Look, it's better that we pay these fucking guys for two and a half years instead of taking the chance, you know, them going up against our main guy." That is a fact. Well, if that's the case, you know, if they probably looked at their own profits and how much it would cost to pay you off, they probably figured it would be worth the gamble. Oh they no, they made everything. No, they made way more money paying us. That's how much. That's Isn't that weird. That's how fucked up the business was. <laughs> so strange. They used to. They used to talk about it. it was a business where you know where you just printed up money. <sighs> they just printed up money. And what the, the advertisers were were just paying a fucking lot of money for their ads. How much has the radio business changed since the internet? Oh, drastically, massively, right? Yeah, and they're stupid because at at the time you need personality driven radio. They they said fuck that. So the two biggest formats on regular radio is sports talk, which anyone could do. No offense to those guys, but you, you know that stuff is easy to study. And then it's uh, pop music. That's it. No talk shows are left, really. <sighs> Yeah, it's hard. Well, you to were find. saying earlier, Kevin and Bean, they have to they have to play their music now too. I think they've always done it that way. You think? I think I, so. I, I feel like I remember a time where they were a straight uh, really? talk show, but you I don't know, best. man. They're they're good dudes. I I just think that the future is not looking good for like regular radio. Dude. It's like company their model that they operated under is just re- deteriorating. Right. There's too many options, and we're like Stitcher in your car. You could listen to this podcast anytime you want in your car. You How just cool is that? set that up and bang. Yeah, you download them. And if you put it on your phone, you can get them all off of iTunes. I it's got so, it right here. so brother. easy to do. I got it right here. It's really hard for a radio station to compete that, especially yeah. if they have the wacky DJ voice. Well, you guys are one of the first to, to shit all over the wacky DJ oh, really? voices. <laughs> you really made it obvious, you know? And then uh, I the, thought it was obvious to everyone. It is obvious to everyone, but nobody yeah. brings it up. One of my favorite you know? bits we do every year is that Jacktober bit. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so many radio shows are so fucking pissed off at us. But it's like, you, you look cr- at yourselves. We're actually trying to help you out. Yeah. Why are you still doing that type of radio? Well, tell me what Jacktober is. Jacktober, we just uh, we feature one show every day for the month of October and just beat the <laughs> shit out of them. But they're all doing the same thing. You know, there's there's shows that ha- they have to have a woman, which we call the whole obvious. Right, but that's a dumb program director. They they get like they would get like you two together, right? And then they would throw a, a woman in for her point of view. Yeah, I'm not really interested. And this, <laughs> of course not. I play I mean, it's not that I'm a misogynist, it, but I am a man, and right. I like talking to men. And, and they have well, a, I'm talking to women too. They have a tendency to fucking put up the yield sign or the stop sign, like oh, you know, knock it off. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean we've oh, been that's so gross. we've been offered females over the years, and we just said hell fucking no. I mean we'll have females on our show, yeah, and yeah. they do well. You know they do really well. They could they could hold their own, but to have someone in there on a regular basis, oh that would be a fucking nightmare. Right. I mean you would have to have the perfect mix of personalities right. because otherwise there's look there's nothing wrong with what women like. But what women like and what men like is varies drastically. It's yeah. a big fucking difference. Yeah. And when women are in the mix, if you're trying to do anything, especially something creative along these lines, right. when it's uh, it's like free form, right. conversational type shit, 
if a woman is in the mix on a regular basis, it changes the entire dynamic well, of the show. Well, you're going to watch everything you're saying. Yeah, you're going to watch everything you're saying. You're going to try not to be as rude. No, all you're that gonna, shit. Yeah, you're going you're you're gonna to be... definitely not shit on her the way you shit on each other. Sure, you're going to be very aware. Yeah. You can't talk shit to a chick the way you could talk. Like, you just say to your friend, shut up, stupid. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's fine. But no one even gets upset. But if you say that to a girl, shut up, stupid, like, hey. And I, I think our female les- listeners understand that, too, because they're like, yeah. wait, we get to hear, like, guys uh, unfiltered. Yes. Because, you know, the yes. guys in their lives, they're, they're around their wives or their fucking girlfriends. They're not unfiltered. So radio shows like yourself and, and ours, you know, they, they like to kind of take that, you know, peek and listen in. Yeah, that's the only opportunity they can. Just like when me, when I listen to out cue gay radio. I don't listen. That's the only way. I I, I don't ever hear don't, gay I, people have, like, conversations. Is it, is it good? I really don't know. It's fucking great. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> All right, let me break in here for a second to talk about Blue Chew. Helping you out with your boners. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Opie. To receive your first month free, all you have to do is pay for the shipping, all right? Yes, we all know fall is here, and we could all use a stiff breeze. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. You know how this works, right? They're a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Process simple. You go to BlueChew.com, you sign up, you consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. They send it right to your house in a discreet package. It doesn't say boners on the side of your package. Although after you use the Bluetooth service, you might be able to write the full word boners on the side of your penis. Too much? Probably. Okay, I'll dial it back then. You don't have to visit the doctor's office anymore. You don't have to wait online at the pharmacy with all the nosy peats. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Bluetooth could help. And we've got a special deal for you. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. Do I have to do everything for you? That's BlueChew.com, promo code OPIE, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast for a while now. Thank you, BlueChew.com, promo code Opie to try it for free. <laughs> I get a kick out of listening to everything. I like listening to conservative talk radio. Right. I like listening to uh, like those really silly conservative guys where everything is fucking one hundred percent. Alex Jones. Yeah, down the well. He's he's a little <laughs> weirder. Alex has a lot of nutty yeah. shit in there. Like he thinks marijuana should be legal, a gay marriage should be legal. Right. He's just a conspiracy theorist to the. Well, you scared end. me for a while because I'm like, man, Joe Rogan is a really smart dude, and you were really into the uh, Alex Jones. And, and I miss. Hold on, I misread it, um, and I, we finally had that conversation. <laughs> and you you said it. You're like, I believe what twenty percent did he say? Something I, like it that? depends. 20, you know, 20, it depends 20... on the subject. Sometimes I believe seventy to eighty percent you know of what, what he says. Fair enough, because the last time he was on our show, I was surprised how much I I was digging what he was saying but then there's been other times it's been ridiculous he's crazy yeah but he's awesome and uh, a lot of fun to listen to yeah he's a lot of fun to listen to do you think he's an it's an act no i know him really well 
It's not I, an act. He's my friend. But I he, mean, I've, I've, I've known that guy for over 10 years. No, Alex I, Jones is exactly who he right, presents so you're not himself gonna give me, You're not going to give yeah, me the total. No, 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 no. I'm telling you. My, no, I'm telling you. My he's thought just, is this, that he he understands conspiracy. Like, living in that world is, uh-huh. is, is good for his business. So he, he forces some of this shit to continue to live in the conspiracy world. I, I, I understand why you would say that, but I don't believe it's that. What I believe it is is more of its confirmation bias. Okay. And that happens when someone gets really fixated on the idea that there's a conspiracy everywhere. So they start seeing conspiracies in places that they're not. Right. But it doesn't mean that the, the validity of some of the shit he's brought up, the validity of some of the shit he's brought up is unquestionable. Right. You know, there's a lot of stuff that he brings up that's like, and by the way, he was bringing it up way ahead of anybody else. He right. was he was talking about, and he during the first days of September 11th, he was calling it a false flag attack, and he was saying that, um, you know, there was uh, it, there was possible that you know uh, buildings were detonated, and like he was sticking himself way, way, way out on a limb. And right. when he did that, I was like, wow, man, you can't. I was like, you can't say that. That's crazy. You well, can't. You know, you can't. You can't say that they're willing to go to war for profit. I, I thought he was being nuts. Right. I was talking to him. I was like, you know, you're just drawing all these conclusions. But next thing you know. We're at war with Iraq, and nobody understands why. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's saying it's for profiteering. They're profiteering over there. Right. I don't believe that he's right about like September 11th being orchestrated by the government. I don't think it was orchestrated by the government, but I do think they capitalized on well, it. Uh, well, of course. I mean, one of my thoughts on that is if you want, let's say you want to bring your country to war, right? And you know that there's some shit that could be going down in New York City, like planes going into the fucking buildings. You know that would be technically really good for for the country because then you would, like you said, profiteer and and, and uh, head off to war. Why wouldn't you let it just happen? Well, one of them was that's a- where that's where um yeah. that's where my line is where I I wonder and it's like a gray area to me. But to to think that you know people were wiring the buildings while people were going you know in and out of work that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I but can't. to possibly let things happen and go, you know what? Eh, all right, we know this is going down, but. You know, it's not the worst thing for what our agenda right now. It's possible. The real issue is the idea of the false flag. And the idea of the false flag is the idea that the government would plan out a fake attack. Would they do that? And for most people, that answer is no. no most people say the government would never do that. Right. The real problem is they've done it. Right. They really actually have done it. Not only have they done it, they plan on doing it a bunch of other times and they couldn't pull it off. There was um, one from when uh, the Bush administration was leaving. They were talking about in 2007, I believe it was. They were talking about uh, going into uh, Iran and, and, and coming up with a false flag attack in, in order to get us into war with Iran before their administration was out. Right. To set the you know the next administration, to set Obama administration into some crazy fucking war that he couldn't right. control. Now, in the end, is that good for the country? In their in their minds, no. I think it's profiteering. I really do. You I think, think just, I don't think there's any other way. Taking care of your buddies, right? There's no other way. And it has nothing to yeah. do with actually making the country stronger in the end. If you can't justify it militarily, if you can't justify the reason why you're there, then you're profiteering. Right. And, you know, it's just, it's really that simple. It's like, is someone profiting? Absolutely. Okay. So you can't justify when you're there and someone's profiting. Right. That means it's about the profit. Right. And that's something that we don't like to hear. Right. We don't we, we don't like to accept that shit in right. this country. And it, Alex Jones like brings to think that up that it's all, all the time. just patriotic. Yeah. Alex the... Jones brings up all that shit. The Northwoods document. In the Northwoods document in the nineteen sixties, nineteen sixty two, I think it was, before Kennedy was assassinated, they saw the Joint Chiefs of Staff signed this. 
They, they agreed on this. They were going to fake a bunch of attacks on America by the Cubans. They were going to blow up a drone jet. They were going to take a jet and fly it in the air with like radio control and then blow it up while it's in the sky. Right. They were going to blame it on the Cubans. They were going to arm uh, Cuban friendlies. And they were going to lob mortars at Guantanamo Bay, possibly killing American civilians right. <clears throat> or citizens, rather. And they were going to do all this so that we would get angry and we would want to go to war with Cuba because right. it was the only way we could get to go to war with Cuba. They wrote all this down. They're like, we're good to go. Yeah, and I'm then not, I'm not Kennedy was like, that. get the fuck out of here with this. Kennedy vetoed it. Where, where you at with Kennedy? But well, I, so they killed him. I, I'm almost positive. Who, the, who? Guess, CIA, I think was, FBI. I mean, it was quite a few people. It was quite a few people wanted that guy. Because uh, what's his name came out what a couple days ago, right? Uh, Robert Kennedy's kid, and basically, yeah, and he's he said basically Lee saying, Oswald didn't do it. No, he said there's definitely you know that, that was definitely a conspiracy. I don't think there's any question. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of people that want to tie things up in neat little packages. I think that's the least tieable neat little package on earth. Yeah. I really don't. Just the video alone, there's a Pruder video, the fact that you know that they had to attribute all those wounds to one bullet because they found a bullet that hit an underpass and ricocheted. Right. So they were like, they were coming up with illogical reasons why all these wounds it's came kind of, from three shots. It's kind of insulting to our intelligence, right? Yeah, why would they say, why would they limit it to three shots? I'll right. tell you why, because that was the only amount feasible for this guy to pull off of course. that amount of time. Of course. That was it. To make to make it one guy, it had yeah. to be uh, no more than three shots. And it have doesn't ever, mean Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't in on it. I don't know. He could have been in on been it. What the fuck? Guys. He, I mean, he had a, a long history with the CIA. Sure. He had a long history of being uh, living in Russia, you know, possibly being a Russian spy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, there's a lot that points to the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald was doing some shady shit, too. You ever been to Dealey Plaza? Yeah, I've been there. Have you been there when all those whack jobs come out with their books and their card tables? No. They're still they reliving oh, the no, day, and they all have something to sell? Oh, my you God. You haven't seen that? No, Next I time just you drove through it. No, man. Next time you, you play Dallas, you have to go to <laughs> Dealey Plaza, and you have to hang out there for like three or four hours. Well, we drove through it, and it's a weird piece of history. It's smaller than you it's think. It's tiny, and it, 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 looks like, um, it looks like a Hollywood stage, right? Yeah. It looks like a set for a movie because yeah. nothing has really changed. I mean, the trees have grown. That's about it. But these people that were there that day, they're all – you talk about profiteering. To this day, they're profiteering. They go there every day and try to sell their pamphlet or their book or, or whatever the fuck. It, it's, someone like you, you would love it. You would Joe, love Joe, it. Joe, did you see the Sandy Hook uh, fully exposed video that's been – yeah. yeah, what is all that? They're trying to say it's a conspiracy. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. Like how, you know, like the, there was two other shooters and they show like even footage that like the news of people like like the police catching a guy in the woods and then whatever happened to that guy and how some of the kids. So did the police catch him or not? Can't they just talk to the police yeah. or were the police in on it as well? Well, I'm waiting for somebody to debunk that. I, I, I've seen the videos. I'm like, something's got to be wrong here. They were saying that the uh, tribute video was put up a month in advance. And I was like, how do you know that someone did just edit something and right. put up another video? I yeah, like it could have been a yeah. post that was made a month ago that had something to do with something it. else and they just took out the stuff and put like the regular video in. Yeah, that, that could have been it. You, there's ways to like fake a timestamp if you have a you know, previous post you're editing. I don't know whether or not that's real, but I, I, I do know that whenever anything happens now, a million people go looking for conspiracies. Yeah. Ever, even if it doesn't make any sense, even yeah. if there's no conspiracy. Well, there. We all love a good conspiracy, right? Love, love a good conspiracy. We grew up with that shit. Yeah. Do you believe in the uh, uh, Bigfoot? 
That's a good one, man. Um, you whoa, yeah, I, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the reason why. All right. Two reasons. One, uh, and then I was going to ask you about uh, Loch Ness, which is on the same page. Yeah. We got Jane Goodall, who's a world famous primatologist. Yeah, sure. yeah, she believes course. in Bigfoot. No. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, she says she's convinced that there's an undiscovered primate. That's that, those were. I'm pretty sure that's her, her exact words. She's convinced so that there's a, an undiscovered primate living in the Pacific Northwest. So where the fuck are the the remains? Well, the deal is well. You know, we had a hunter on yesterday, this guy, Steve Rinella, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we were talking about uh, animals. Like, has he ever seen a dead mountain lion? He's right. like, no, never seen a dead mountain lion. You know, you could, and he's a hunter. He's in the woods constantly. We know mountain lions are real. Right. But what are the odds of running around and finding a dead one? It's pretty fucking small. But no one has uh, found a skeleton? Um, Skeletal no. remains or nothing? Nothing credible. Nothing credible. Uh, but for a mountain lion? No, 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 no. Oh, I'm talking okay. about for Bigfoot. Okay, yeah. But of I'm course. saying, no, I know that. But the reason why Jane Goodall believes um, that it might be a real animal is mm -hmm. because there was a real animal that looked just like that, right? And it lived alongside people. It's called Gigantopithecus, and the photos of them are kind of crazy. Like they have a, a recreation of one. Right. It's an eight foot tall bipedal giant Sasquatch. Right. I mean, that's really what it is. But they have actual proof that it lived. Oh, it lived. Yeah, it lived a hundred thousand years ago because they have bones. Oh, they do have bones. Yeah. Of that okay. And it, um, someone was talking about. I believe it, that it actually was one of the few primates that's stores its dead like they buried their dead they had like their dead in, in in one area right so they think they you know they might have like understood life and death more than other chimps who just kind of sort of leave their monkey bodies laying around after they die right you know they took care of the bodies you know mm -hmm. which is really kind of freaky and if they were really really smart and re i mean look all primates are smart right you know they're all reasonably smart of and course if it was a gigantic one that's that big it could be smart as fuck but, I mean, everyone's searching for it now. Who's searching? Are you? I'm not. No. I don't know anybody is. I just feel like I could say I that. I think maybe I, 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 feel like, <laughs> I feel like I could say that it's true. You don't think there's, like, people – I mean, that would be amazing for somebody if they could f prove that Bigfoot Well, exists. you know, Spike has a new show. It's like a, a $10 million challenge or something crazy like that. To find Bigfoot? Yeah. I'm, I might be, I think I might have said too much money. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't blame me. It might not be ten million. Whatever it is, it's a lot of money. Right. To go find Bigfoot. Oh, that's and that, uh that's a good concept. Yeah, it's a fucking great concept, you know? And you gotta go deep in the woods and, and look for something. The the only guy that I've ever heard tell a Bigfoot story, I heard him tell it on your show and then he came and told it on my podcast. It was uh, Les Stroud. Right. Survivor Man. Right. His his Bigfoot story was uh pretty credible. Because that guy did my, my what did he say again? He was he had two two um, different encounters. One of them, uh, he was in Alaska, and this is the most memorable. And he was in his tent, and he was sleeping, and uh, he was just lying in his tent trying to go to sleep. And he heard something thumping through the woods bipedally. So he was right. walking on two legs, clearly. And he goes, and it was really heavy. You could tell it was really heavy. And he didn't know what to do, so he just laid there and waited, and it got closer to him, and it was coming towards his camp. Right. And he said it was about 50 feet from him, and it started going, <laughs> like, he goes, clear primate sounds. Right. Like, clear primate sounds. And he goes and reaches for his camera, and when he rustles, the thing runs off. And the thing runs off. He says, it's running on two legs. I hear it. Thump, 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 Fuck. thump. And you know, and he to this day is he, he's convinced that it wasn't a bear. He said, "There's no way that was a fucking bear. There's no way." He right. goes, "I've no, I've, I've been around every animal. You know, he's a real survivalist. You know, what I'm saying like that guy goes out there with a fucking pocket life, and he can last a month." Where was he? He was in Alaska. Oh, he said, said he was okay. hundreds of miles from anybody. So do they flow him in on a plane for hours before they dropped him off for a week? Right. And he he runs into this fucking animal out there. 
There's been a lot of sightings in, in Alaska, by the way. It's not just one. Mm-hmm. There's hundreds of Bigfoot sightings in Alaska. We've got to catch one, though. Yeah, we do. Are you scared of the woods? Fuck yeah, you should be scared of the yeah, woods. I'm fucking scared of the woods. You should woods. be scared of everything. Everything natural. Because then you become a part of the food chain. Right. Like, here we're in a studio. The beautiful thing about the studio, we've eliminated the food chain 100%. Yeah. It's just us and a yeah. fucking table. Nice. And yeah, you don't have to, like, look out for jaguars and shit. You know? <laughs> no. If you live somewhere that sucked, <laughs> you'd have to look out for jaguars. Right. Well, you know, when you're going into the jungle or you're going into the woods, it's a beautiful thing, you know, to be with nature. It's beautiful. But you also agree to be a part of nature. You're, you throw yourself back into the lottery right you know and it's fun for the first couple of minutes and then you start seeing those shadows and <laughs> your fucking mind plays tricks on you i was in uh, montana i went hunting for a week oh that's cool yeah we went uh it's what the uh, steve Rennell was on yesterday i shot this thing whoops wait you shot this thing yeah i shot this thing what is it that's a deer that's a nice uh how many points it's eight eight point fucking deer we're looking at right now yeah just a skull yeah, and the uh, and the antlers. It was an uh, interesting experience, but to um, to camp out like five nights in uh, in in you know like this really wild habitat like that, man, you really you start looking around for stuff. You right. really like keep a. We found mountain lion shit, right? And that was a real eye opener. Like you see a big fat rope of shit with hair in it, and you're like, okay, something killed a deer with its face. Jesus. It caught a deer and killed it with its face. Right. And it's hanging out here, dropping shits. So how did you, how did you know you were you know, safe? Well, night? we had rifles. No, at night when you're sleeping. Well, you're in a tent. You know, the, oh, the idea oh, that it's gonna safe. it's gonna know where to attack you in the tent. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it looks at the tent as this big yeah. thing that it doesn't really totally understand. They, when they smell, if you have food in the tent or something like that, especially bears, it can get really tricky. But there's no bears in this area. Mm. Bear, like mountain lions aren't really scavengers. They're looking to kill things. i got to ask you something. Do, how is it uh, to kill something? It's not I, that hard. No, is, is it? You're all right with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Why? Because I've been eating meat my whole life. And if you don't kill them, it's not like they live forever. Uh, you know, what you're doing is you're, you're ending their life. In you, you're, you're choosing to end their life, but their life is very temporary. Right. It's very temporary in a very harsh climate, and if you don't do it, they get eaten by wolves. Right. No, I'm not questioning that. You, I, I just don't think I could do it. You could do it. Of course you could. You're, you're a person who eats deer. meat and you want to be alive. Let me tell you something. You're a father. Does you it bother do you at all, though? No, not even a little bit. No. I mean, I have respect for it. I have reverence right. for, for the animal. I mean, it was a, a you know, seeing an animal in, in the wild like that is, you know, I, I don't want to use the word majestic, but it's a, it's a really powerful moment. Like, you yeah. see that animal, like, wild. Like, and it's probably never seen a human being before. I mean, we were in the Badlands of Montana. And you're you're running into a deer that very likely is you know three years old, two three years old. You might never never seen a person ever, right. and then you're sneaking up on them and shooting <laughs> them. You know it's pretty intense. But the food is delicious. It's really nutritious and healthy. And mm-hmm. if you're a person who eats animal protein, I, I can understand the ethics behind uh, not wanting to cause harm to animals, not wanting to kill them. But especially in the case of big game hunting like deer. All you're doing is you're you're ending their life before a predator takes them out. They right. all get taken out. Right. They get taken out. No, even I know they're they overpopulated. All that. This, this, I'm just thinking. You know how many deer die of old age? 
Zero. zero. Literally zero. They're just fucking making babies. Wolves are pulling the babies out of the mama's pussy while they're giving birth. I mean, that's a crazy life. You're out there in the woods. It's, it's, a, it's a fucked up podcast. It's as dark as it gets out there in the deer world. Mm -hmm. So when you come along and, and blow their heart out with a bullet. I'll, it, I'll have to try it then. It's really like the safest. I mean, not the safest. It's like the most humane way for them to die ever. Wow. You know, it's, I could understand people's points of view, like if you want to be a vegan, if you want to be a vegetarian, you don't want to cause any harm. I, I totally understand that. But I think if you do accept that most people eat meat, and that is the case in this culture, most people eat meat. This is the most humane way to acquire the meat. And all you're doing is acting as a predator in a world filled with predators. You're not denying any other animal the predation. And in fact... The idea is that if done correctly, it keeps the animal populations healthy so they don't fucking starve to death. Yeah, I, under too. I understand all that. I'm just thinking what goes on in your head. That's no, no, it nothing. didn't. I was ready for it. I, I had uh, prepared myself for it for a long time because I wanted this, to do this it the for a long time. time. Yeah, this you was shot the first time. Yeah. Wow, cool. You know, and it's not like um, – it's a, a very respectful thing. I mean, you're eating – I'm eating this whole animal. You know, it takes – months to eat it oh, there's a okay. lot of meat yeah it's processed and cut and i lived in western new york we had a lot of venison chili oh yeah i didn't like it western new york is a lot of fucking deer no shit when They're you take that ride from buffalo to long island you know where i brought you know i was uh brought up all we used to count how many dead deer on the top of the cars yeah you see a lot of Jeez. them right? hundreds yeah yeah because you know especially during hunting season and all that yeah and then on the side of the road and all that crap a lot of people get their cars fucked up by those deer, too. Oh, yeah. That's why it's very important to keep deer populations down. Like, people don't understand. Like, if, if deer populations get really big, first of all, you get a lot of Lyme disease as well. That, that happens. The ticks travel from deer to deer, and they get into people. And, mm -hmm. you know, Lyme disease in people is fucking devastating to your health. Right. And a lot of that is overpopulation. It's these fucking deer, they get, I mean, they can get... There's a there's a, a road from um, Massachusetts, Western Massachusetts, to uh, New York, to like the White Plains area. I forget what the road it is. Probably, uh, I want to say 91. Maybe whatever it is. There's uh, like it's a it's a two laner. Oh no! At that, one point no, when you're like, that. I'm not two lane. Two lanes on each side. Okay. Four laner, I guess. Okay. Uh, way way up in uh, upstate Massachusetts or Western Massachusetts. As you're driving down to New York, it gets so bad with deer that you got to go like 20 miles an hour. It's fucking crazy. They're just darting out in front of the lights, just running out in front of your car. You ever see one get hit by a car? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it's one pretty get hit fucked by a car. up. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a bunch of them on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, you know. In Boulder, it's weird. They're not scared of cars at all. They don't even run. They just stand there. Really? Yeah. In Boulder, there was a, a deer. We parked the car, got out. The deer was 20 feet away, 20 feet away. And we're all just standing there looking at him. And the deer's like, hey, what the fuck are you bitches looking at? <laughs> and he just keeps eating his grass. It was, He's just used to it. They're so used to it. It was just weird. used to cars. We took a picture of him and got back in the car, and he jumped across the fence. Yeah, right on. But they, they get used to people. And, you know, if you don't keep those populations down, they're going to be slamming into your cars at night. Mm -hmm. And they're like... They're like little crazy squirrels, you know, but they'll kill you. Like, they'll go through your windshield. Oh, no kidding. Have you, you ever seen any of those photos online? Yeah, fuck yeah, I have. Giant through the windshield. Through yeah. the windshields. Yeah. <sighs> but they're beautiful. I understand they're beautiful. I'm not saying we should eradicate them, but we should eat them. You know, there's nothing just, wrong with the eating I, them. There's plenty of them. No, I was just trying to get into your head. Oh, okay. I was just curious because, you know, I've never done it. That's all. Well, I never did it until this time, and I wondered whether or not I was going to have a problem with it. But, uh. I eat meat. I've always eaten meat. 
I like it. It's right. delicious. Well, of course, it, it would be hypocritical. It's one of my favorite foods in the world. Which one? Steak. Meat. Steak. Steak. Yeah. Just love it. Yeah. Steak over mesquite. You know, <laughs> get some mesquite lump charcoal and salt and pepper that bitch and throw it out there. Do you go with the grass fed? Do you ever have the grass, grass fed? Grass fed is meat? terrific. It's grass really fed good, fucking man. beef. Yes, very nice. It's really good. It's interesting. It's a different kind of taste. Mm -hmm. It's way better for your body, too. What are you drinking over there? This is that bulletproof coffee shit that I told you about. But it's made with butter? Yes, it's made with grass-fed butter. What do you learn about this shit? This is a guy named Dave Asprey who came on to... Brian tells me everything. He's my, he's my Yoda. Oh, Brian knows this shit. Yeah. No? It's like Yoda. Yoda, like, pretending to be stupid. He's in the background with all the knowledge. <laughs> Brian's the one pulling all my strings. The, um, um, this guy uh, that we had on the podcast, Dave Asprey, he uh, gave this uh, really fascinating speech about uh, mycotoxins, mm. something that I wasn't aware of, but... Most coffee, when you buy coffee from a, a store like Starbucks or something like that, it has mold on it. And the way that like a coffee is stored and the way a coffee is treated when it comes off of uh, right out of the, the plantations, how it's right. taken care of, to, is directly proportionate to how healthy it is for you. And those mycotoxins you have in moldy coffee are really fucking bad for you. And that's where liver toxicity and all this different, these different effects that – like. There's an issue with some coffee is not bad for you at all, but other coffee shows like bad liver markings. Like you, it, and what that is is fungus. Right. It's in corn and it's in coffee. It's in a bunch of different shit. What kind of coffee is it in? A lot of different coffee. Like the big guys. Well, they, you know, you ever see? There's the a show guy? called uh, Dangerous Grounds. The show is um, about a, a dude who he's like on the Travel Channel and he travels to all these different exotic places where they make coffee and like f shows you like what it's like to acquire coffee in these tropical lands. And he was saying that somewhere between seventy plus percent of all the coffee you get has mold on it, and that could be a health issue. So when people are talking about the health issues of coffee, this Dave Asprey guy says they're talking about mycotoxins, and when you're dealing with toxin-free, clean, fungus-free coffee, you don't have nearly as many issues, and the energy doesn't, you don't crash afterwards. Right. What he's saying is that you're basically being poisoned by shitty coffee. Is, isn't the water killing all that stuff? No, it doesn't. Boiled? That's the crazy thing about fungus. <laughs> Your voice is no, it's a good. I know, it's His hilarious. His voice is getting worse. It sounds like it's fake. <laughs> um, you should get a Stephen Hawking's device. <laughs> Well, one of those little things and click, 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 click. I don't want to do it. I don't want to get strep, man. Oh, he's not. No, I'm not you, contagious. You after can't. Not contagious. Yeah, just don't make out with them. <laughs> um, your question. No, they can't. It doesn't. The boiling, it doesn't kill them. See, they can survive in space. They can survive radiation. Yeah. Spores can survive in insane places. Mm. That's one of the main um, reasons why some people believe that uh, magic mushrooms came from outer space. Right. The idea that there's, there's, they're very different in, in as far as their chemical composition from other mushrooms and other, mm. and they mirror human neurochemistry. Right. And they can survive in a vacuum. They can survive incredible radiation. And we know that certain shit has come here from asteroids. We know water has come here from asteroids. We know that things have hit other planets and sent things to us and could have contained organic matter. Right. We know we know all that. So they're pretty sure that. These fucking spores, these cunty spores, could survive in space, and that's how we got some of these mushrooms. Well, you know, that's like prions too. That shit that causes mad cow disease, mm -hmm. that can survive like a thousand degrees for like seven days or something crazy like that. Like they're they're in, they're insanely tolerant. Does this stuff keep you awake at night? 
No. You, you, your head is filled with a lot of <laughs> fucked up knowledge, man. It's not fucked up. It's more fascinating no, it's cool. than fucked up. I, I, you know that's a compliment. It's just mm. the way I say it. So No, I know. I know. This is such a weird, chill environment. Is it? Yeah, man. This is like how we I do it. so oh. out of my element. No, you're not. You but fit right kind of, in. What no, are you talking but about? But it's cool, though. But what, how to, are you I, out of your element? I'm trying to step out of my comfort zone uh, these days. Are you just really? do different things. Yeah, because like, the type of radio show I do, I, I, I can almost do it in my sleep now. Right, right, right. And you so guys to step always into has... this environment to me is really fucking strange. I'm just, I'm just pointing out some shit. <laughs> you guys have really become uh, a home for uh, the comedian hangout. Right. You know, we you... used to hate comics on the, on the uh, show. Really? Yeah. When? When we were in Boston. Wow. We fucking hated it. And How then come? And then when we first came to New York, we fucking hated it. Because we, we had guys that came in, and instead of just having the conversation we're having, or just be funny, because if you're a stand-up, can't you just be funny? Right. And But a lot of these guys at first, because we weren't getting the quality comics either, because we were just starting out. They came in, and they wanted their bits set up. Oh, like, uh, Why can't you yuck. just come in and have a conversation? And maybe we'll fit in one of your bits or whatever. Right. I don't give a fuck. But let's talk about you know some shit. Yeah. And maybe you, you get some jokes out there. So we actually avoided comics for a long fucking time. And then, you know, when you do radio in New York, you can't avoid it. And we finally embraced it. And you know, we love it. Of course, we love when you guys come in. Well, you you guys figured out how to do it the perfect way yeah. and let real comics come in and just fuck around and shoot the shit and talk shit and it creates these unbelievably hysterical moments sure whereas you know if you let a guy just come in and set up his bits how long can you do that for mm. you know it's not even a real conversation but that's what they want a lot of radio stations they like even i did a, i did a big radio station like a couple of years ago and they still asked me to do this oh really because they go we would like you to know uh what questions you would like to be asked right. to set up your bits right and i go set up my bits right and the guy was like disappointed like what bits are you gonna do i go what bits am i gonna do way, way to not know are you saying way to not know who's coming into your fucking show yeah i could understand if it's somebody where maybe the the comedy club made you take them but someone like you Really? It was, why would you? Why would you waste your time with that shit? I only did it because I was in the not, town. I'm not. I, oh, I don't them. mean you. Them. When yeah. they they had an opportunity to have you just you know uh, you know talking. About the radio shit. show itself was great. It was the producer that wow. was just weirded me out with all yeah. the. And he was like, so disappointed in me that I didn't have bits prepared. Yeah. You know, I was like, "What bits are you gonna do?" And I was like, "What are you talking about, man? Mm. Can't we just go out there? Put us put us on that radio thing, right? Get out of here! You're exactly. fucking with my head, man. Exactly." And those dudes do fuck with your head, too. Because part of, like, a fun radio show is, like, having a good time and being relaxed. And when you're around someone who's super tense, what they don't understand is they tense you up, too. Right. You know, like, why are you so weirded out about me going on the radio? Like, right. stop being a pussy. Just well, press play. Well, with that said, <laughs> how many uh, cool shows are, are there out there? There's very few. Right? It's, it's like a handful? Few. There's a handful. Yeah. A handful scattered across the country. You know? Na name five. Kevin and Bean in L.A., for sure. And I'll say this. There might, um, be, there might be more. I'm just telling you to name five because you're going to piss off somebody. No, I can't then. I'll stop right there. I'm not because I, I would piss I don't mean off. to. No, but I'm but just. You're right. I'm just. I'm I don't just, want to hear any nonsense from I'm just, I'm just Alex asking. Jones. Alex Jones is all you need, ladies and gentlemen. We've got internet radio. We've got live radio. We are 100 people strong in affiliates. <laughs> One of the best things is when Jim Norton said uh, about Alex Jones and never thought of. He brought up this brilliant po point was that how he always talks about like the government is, you know, they're, they're changing the papers. They're doing this with the papers. But then he uses the government's research and papers for other points. Right. Like, it's like, true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't do both, right? 
You can, but it's not as effective. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like it hurts a lot to talk. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, to you should, yeah. That's like fucked up. Yeah, he he definitely uh, does do that. I mean, look. Well, don't we but, all? Then? But Alex is also a guy who, uh, you know, he'll he'll research some shit that a lot of people wouldn't. He'll find out some things that a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. Maybe he's a little wacky. Yeah. I would say, yeah, he's a little wacky. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Did you hear my Pierce Morgan? It was awesome. I loved it. Dude, he that went was off. just great fucking TV. It was just great theater. I just when, loved it. When he was pretend, when he was having the English accent, yeah. he was talking to yeah. Pierce with an English <laughs> accent. I was like, Alex, you crazy motherfucker. I, I wouldn't have blamed Pierce if he punched him at that point. Oh, but, yeah. He, but Pierce, I think, in the end, is just a fucking pussy. Yeah. he. I, um, really, I really do think he's just a pussy. He seems very gross to me. I don't know. Pierce? Yeah, some very weasel. Oh, he's dirty. There's some, yeah. There's something Weasley going on there. Yeah, he got into some shit over there in England, so he's dirty. Yeah, but it's just like I think he's a very intelligent guy, and he's a very good host. But, man, I feel like if he was involved in tabloid journalism before this, it's just like... Which he was. Yeah, yeah. it just seems like... Why? Why would? You, why do you want to talk to that guy? Right. Like the, yeah. the, those kind of guys are gross. Like oh, that. That thing. The tabloid journalism like that is just really. And they did this sneaky shit. They like listened in on people's phones and That's, stuff. That was peers. Yeah, that is really gross. Mm-hmm. That's really gross stuff. You know, it's like why? Why would anybody want to get involved with that? But Alex, you know, wanted to deport him because he said something about the Second Amendment. So he's going after him. It's like. So it was just, it was just great theater. Try like to get said. him deported. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you go back to England and preach your socialism. You can't take our guns. <laughs> He gets so angry and you so that fun to well. watch. You do that well. Yeah, he's, he's so fun to watch. And you see Pierce, like, holding it down. Yeah. Very professional. He he's a, played, him, played him like a master. But what you don't understand is you can never win against Alex Jones because he will never feel ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, like, Pierce is trying to, like, embarrass him by being, like, quiet while, right. you know, while Alex Jones screams and yells. But then you just allow Alex Jones to go into full Alex Jones mode, right. and then you're fucked because then you're dwarfed by his personality, and he's saying hilarious shit, right. you know, and he's talking to you in an English accent. You're not even addressing <laughs> right, it. Right, I know. Cheerio, old chap. <laughs> you can't take all guns away. And and Pierce is just – Pierce will have him back Yeah, because he knows that's good, that's good TV. I'm sure he will. He'll I'm have, sure him, back he will have him back for round two. I'm sure he will have him back. So what else is going on around? It's weird that they went from Larry King to that guy. Well, I mean, they they had to do something. I guess. We've had Larry on the show. He's awesome. He's like Larry? He he tells a good story still. Does he smell? uh, He looks like he would smell. Smells like an antique bookstore or something. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He has uh, lots of great stories. You should get him on. He'll do your show. He seemed like a real nice guy. He'll do your show. I've done his show a couple times, the one he was on CNN. Couple times for Fear Factor. Really? Yeah. Was that intimidating being on CNN? It was weird because that's a big he fucking was, international audience. He was very friendly. He was very friendly. So no, that didn't bother me. No. no? You ever get nervous? Not about people watching me on anymore. TV. None of that no, shit. No, not really. No. So you did. You know, between the UFC and Fear Factor and all that, I've just done it so many times, especially the UFC, which is like, right. to me, the like, I owe those. The people that are fighting, I owe them my best performance more than anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if, you, if a guy has a great fight and I don't do great commentary over his great fight, to me, it doesn't – I feel like, you know, if I fail my my side of the bargain, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel very shitty. So 
have any of those guys ever taken a swing at you for no, some of the shit no, you've no. said? Some dudes have been upset at me, but I've never been uh, disrespectful. Right? No, know, in my depictions, like I don't like. like but in a weird way, it's brave because you—that's a crazy world to live in. It's a crazy world, and, you, and you're sure. critiquing some of these guys. I've always wondered, man. I wonder if just one of those guys have you know taken a shot at it you. It doesn't mean that they can't kick my ass, but of it doesn't course. mean that I'm wrong. I know, I know what could make them better, you know. But right. it's, it's, but they don't want to hear that, so that's no, they why. Don't. I, and that's they why might, I wonder if they've ever taken it personally. And by the way, they might not even be able to physically achieve what I'm asking them to do. You know, really. like there's like some guys that get into striking too late. And, uh, you know, you could say what he needs to do is really go to a great striking camp and really get his striking together because that's, that's he's got, he's missing this big hole. Mm. There's some guys athletically, I don't know what it is, but they, they can never really get the striking part down right. It's a weird thing. It's mm. like sometimes you see it in uh, it's rare wrestlers who have been uh, wrestling for a long time. And um, for whatever reason, they can't seem to get snap in their punches. It's really weird. And there's some guys who have it, like, right away. Right. Like, you, you start holding the pads for them, and right away they're scary as fuck with their power. They're just super athletes. Mm. But some guys can't get that striking together. And I don't know what that is. I really don't understand it. I've seen it. I don't know if it's an age thing. I don't know if it's uh, they caught it too late in life and they don't. They just cannot develop the kind of explosive and that shit is dynamic obvious to movement. Yeah, immediately. When you see these guys. Okay. Yeah, 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 immediately. To yeah. me, they, look, they all look like they could strike. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's one of those things where if you, you – the more you appreciate martial arts, the more you understand martial arts, the, and the more techniques that you know, the more you appreciate seeing the application of the techniques. Mm -hmm. So, like, when people say, like, you know, why do you get so excited about, you know, MMA? Why do you watch uh, jujitsu matches and go crazy? Like, why do you get so excited about it? Because I know how hard it is to do what that guy's doing. I know it intimately. You know, so when you, you see a guy who's triangling some guy and you hear me screaming, it's because this, this fucking dude just pulled off a crazy-ass triangle that's hard to do. Like right. I, So I am extra excited right. because I'm intimately aware of how difficult it is to do what this guy's trying yeah. to do. Oh, I love how you call fights. It's, it's great. It's fun, man. It's, it's a fun gig. Right. But that, that's, that's the only thing that I ever I – I wouldn't say nervous. That's the only thing that I ever do where I feel like my responsibility is more than to just me. It's like to the it's to the, the guys to the that sport. are fighting as well. It's to the sport, mm -hmm. it's to the fact that you know the fan base, the millions of fans. You know, if I'm their favorite guy to do this, like I can't like slack off there. Like right. that that I take like I take that super seriously. So if I ever do feel pressure, it's then. But that pressure is good pressure. You know, but it, like as far as like doing this or doing Larry King or something like that, no, radio is easy. Like I, I did TV yesterday, and what you do? A, I'm doing a show for TBS. Who gets the last laugh? It's uh, Ashton Kutcher's company. Oh, really? They're kind of reinventing punk. I did something with Ashton Kutcher's company. They were great people. Uh, I, we didn't. Very I didn't nice meet. Folks. I didn't meet Ashton, but the people were awesome. I mean, but I'm, too. I'm, I'm a handsome man. He's, I'm in front of a live features. I'm in front of a live audience. You know, on a, on a stage. Right. It's sort of they're basically like I directed a, a prank, kind of like what you see on you know on Punk. And right. There's three of us, and we all uh, directed a, a prank, and then we presented to a live studio audience. That's fucking horrifying for me. Do but you, I but I could do radio like like you know I never get nervous doing radio. Well, you're also doing radio to your fans. You yeah. Know? And after oh yeah. A while. Like, yeah. I mean, first of all, they they introduce me. No one knows who the fuck I am. Well, you didn't stack the deck. What do you mean? You didn't uh, tell the ONA fans to get tickets. 
I should have. Yeah. I know. No Why kidding. Why don't you show, throw that fucking phone in the toilet? You should do that, too. That what happened? Li- little bird that keeps going off Is every couple it, minutes. You like the bird, right? I like the bird. <laughs> in a previous podcast, we talked Is about how... Is it distracting? How, uh, well, in a previous a podcast, bit. we were talking about how every time I'm at a restaurant that goes off, people are like, Who, do you just whistle at me? The, the whistle's fuck? a little weird. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Look, it's one of my guys. Great interview with Rogan. Asked to try his uh, uh, deprivation tank. Trippy. Tripping. I do want to try that. I want to float. Um, uh, is there a place in New York where you could do it? I don't know. I got to look it up. But anyway, I yeah, I need to open one. But I was horrified just presenting my stupid prank. So, it was well, me. if you stacked the deck with uh, ONA fans, I don't think you would have been they as were, horrified. No, they were cool. They were you cool. Know, yeah, 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 it was great. But, yeah, it was great because it was funny. But my point is, I don't do a lot of TV. So, right. so when I do, it's like you want to talk about stepping out of your comfort zone. Fuck. Yeah, that could fuck with you. That's like what like, when you see those sportscaster guys that have been doing it like a million years, and they're like you know like the NFL guys or any of these guys that have been right. you know they're just so smooth in whatever they do. They, they've been there, done that a thousand sure. times. So it's all about doing the job. It's not about oh shit, we're on TV. Right you know, that's out the window. Yeah. Now it's just uh, about I mean, doing I, the job. I, yeah, I used to be nervous doing radio. I mean, but that yeah. that left years ago. So the only person that's ever intimidated me was uh, Ray Liotta. Did he intimidate you? I don't know what it was about him. But he came in recently, and I I definitely did better. I just did better. He was one of these guys, man. I don't know what it is. I was fucking intimidated by him. (laughs) That's funny. And then the first time he came in where I I was barely talking, and he finally looked at me, and he goes, hey, is that guy sick? (laughs) (laughs) That sounded like him, too. Is that guy sick? I, I don't know what it was. It's like. Okay. No one else does that to me but Ray Liotta. And then the fans knew. And then when it, you know when he was coming back in, they were all talking about it and tweeting. And you know, I, I did all right the second time. But he's a bad motherfucker. I don't know what it is. I guess you, know, you got respect for his acting. Fuck I mean, yeah, good fellas. Fuck yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Did you ever see him in Narc? He's in Narc no. too, right? No. Dude, Ray Liotta is a bad motherfucker. He is a badass. So I think it's him in Narc. You're gonna have to look that yeah. shit up. I'm gonna have to go to the IMDb and see what's up, but uh, just his performance in Goodfellas. I mean, mm. the, I mean, it was so good the way he was keeping everything together. You know, running back and forth between the coke house amazing. and his girlfriend there, and she Fucking throws a rock, a brick of coke at him. It was just like when when he was in the car and he was driving around, the helicopters yep. were over the head. Yep. Like you were there with him, man. No kidding, you, you were high with him. <laughs> And I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, Ray Liotta was in that. I don't know what the fuck they did to his eyes in that scene. I mean, maybe they kept him up and gave him coke because no, no. he looked like he was coked up. No, those are the eyes that that's what did it. Yeah, I was staring yeah. at his at his eyes. You know, because when you're you got guys in your interview and you got to look them right in the fucking eyes, and I was looking at his eyes. And I'm like, fuck, that's Ray Liotta, <laughs> and it was fucking freaking me the fuck out. <laughs> Freaking me out. That scene where his eyes were all fucked up and he was driving in the car. I mean, that guy. That's pretty much that his eyes. So though. well, right? But I'm telling you, that's pretty much his eyes in general. So you ever think about like a shit actor doing that same part? If you take some guy who's like a oh, soap opera actor, of course, make him do that same part. Of course, you know, without him knowing whether Ray Liotta had ever <laughs> right. done it. And, this is a difference. And would we know? We would not know Goodfellas as a good movie. Yeah, exactly. I wonder about that a lot. Like these bad fucking comedies that come out. You wonder if they got a different guy. Right. Would that have changed everything? Yeah. If you got, you know, I mean, if you got someone else to play this character, this movie could never have been as good. 
Ray Liotta was born to play this character. Sure. But it's not saying that someone couldn't have come up with something do you, else. Do you like hearing about the actors that were also up for roles like that? Yeah. That's always fascinating. Yeah. I don't have an example right now. But... Nobody could have done this. He was so fucking right. perfect with this. It was so perfect. Yeah. You look at that. If you look at oh, Ray wow, Liotta. Oh, wow. to look at shit. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That guy's... There's a few of those guys out there that are like real craftsmen, like Daniel Day-Lewis, mm -hmm. Ray Liotta, Russell Crowe before he got fat and right. lazy. He could still kick it out of the park Man, if he wanted to. He's been gone a while now. Yeah. He needs a hit. Yeah, but it's... You know what it is? They get... They just get fucking crazy. It's a nutty life to be a movie star out there, jet setting the globe, trying to keep your shit together. Would you like to do that? Fuck that. No. Why not? Zero interest in making movies. To do movies? Why? It's because it's not fun. It's it's thing you build up to a long point in time, and then the fun thing is when the movie comes out. Yay! And then everybody likes it. Yeah. But all that making of the movie shit, that shit takes forever. It takes forever. You're stuck in a most a, of the time. A, you're just waiting around. around. Yeah. No. Nah, doing nothing. Not really interested. I get it. I see how other people would like to do it. But to me, I said, I, I could be podcasting, yeah. you know, or I could be doing stand-up, or I could be doing something else. Like, why would I want to do that? I want to do that. That shit looks boring. My, uh, my latest thing is exploring, the, exploring New York City. Oh, really? Exploring. Did you ever see Dark Days, where the mole people used to live? Oh, Dark Days is a great... Well, I, I shouldn't say it's a great documentary. It's a weird documentary. It's a weird and it's a that. really cool documentary. It's black and white. It basically talks about the Amtrak tunnel under uh, the Upper West Side. Uh, and you uh, went down in there? Yeah, I've been wanting to do that forever. Did and you worry about the super aids? They, no. The super aids can well, get you if you go well, that what, far what the fuck? down to the middle of the earth. What the fuck would happen? When did you do this? Post or pre-Sandy? Uh, after. Uh, only about a month ago. Oh, okay. There's a guy coming on our show that, uh, I forgot the name of his book, Hidden Cities of the Underworld yeah. or Under, uh, fuck. You could probably look it up. His name's Moses. Does he have a TV show? No, but he's connected with a lot of those guys. It's like, a, it's like a network of guys, and they go around the world. Like, hey, you come to Paris, I'll show you our shit. Right. And then we'll come to New York, you show us your shit. And so you went with them? I went with this guy, Moses, and we went into the, the old Amtrak tunnel, and the trains still run, but that's where the mole people used to live, under Riverside Park uh, on the Upper West Side. And we went into a little fucking rat hole on the side of the highway. And there was one hole he wanted me to go through. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. It was just garbage and smelled like just horrendous. I go, let's see if there's another hole. And we went a little further, and sure enough, there was a hole just enough to get your fucking body in. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're under, underground in this tunnel where, where these uh, people lived. Wow. Some so, of these people lived down there for like 20, 25 years. Did they kick everybody out? They kicked them out in, um, I don't know, like the mid-90s finally. How weird are people that they just find these little collective groups of other they, people willing to live in a tunnel and they find each other and they yeah. all live together? Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are you know drug addicts. Obviously. How many of them were down there? They don't really know. I mean, some say hundreds, some say thousands. They don't really know. In dark days, they... The documentary, they didn't do a really good job because I would have loved to know that type of shit. They focused on a, probably a, uh, about a dozen people that were living down there. Have but you... they built little really nice fucking living arrangements for themselves down there. What, really? Yeah, man. Like, like little shanty towns, but they had cable, they had electricity, they cooked. What? They had TV? They had TV. They, they plugged into They figured out how to plug into everything. It was all free. They had pipes that they broke uh, for their showers. That was just constantly running cold water. They would take really, you know, ice cold uh, showers. Really? Yeah. They had pets down there. Wow. When I went down there recently, it was me, this guy Moses, and we saw three people the entire time. We walked underground two and a half miles uh, 
to the way out. I mean, when you commit, you got to go the distance, and it's two and a half miles to get the fuck out. Or you wow. gotta, or you gotta come back from, you know, where you came from, dude. And we only saw three other people, and they were explorers too. So they were explorers as well. Yeah, checking, you know, checking that shit out. So there's a I lot mean, of people that go gone. in there and explore it. Well, I mean, not a lot. I mean, that day there was what five of us total. So there's, yeah, that's not big for New York, right? And well, there, that's a creepy thing to do, though, isn't it? Kind of creepy. Yeah, it was cool though, but. The, I'd rather the do that than be in the middle of the woods. The, <laughs> yeah. the stuff that used to be there, what'd they do with it all? They just pulled it all out of there? and Yeah, they cleaned the it up. Out? Yeah, because Amtrak had it. And they, I guess, I, I, I think the, um, the tunnels weren't being used back then. Or they weren't being used a lot. And Amtrak wanted their fucking tunnel back. So they kicked all the people out and they cleared, you know, they cleaned house. Got all the shit out of there. But there's beautiful artwork down there. Murals from uh, these fucking just un- literally underground artists. Really? Yeah, graffiti artists and shit. All from the people that lived in there. Pretty fucking cool stuff. Because wow. the grates, you know, where people walk above, obviously, uh, the light comes through right on the wall. And every every area that has the light coming down, someone, you know, drew something or, or painted something on the walls. Wow. And some of the shit is really fucking pretty pretty good. That's such a trip. It's such a trip that they had developed like a little underground city down there. Fuck yeah. And a lot of these guys would come up, you know, during the day to, to hustle, you know, collect cans and, you know, make money, whatever they, however they could. Or they'd go through the garbage and get their fucking food and then they go back down. How long did this go on for? According to Dark Days, they were talking about guys that were down there for like two decades. Jesus Christ. They said fuck it to, you know... You to know, society. To society and decide they want to live down there. Oh, yeah. my God. But a lot of them were drug addicts, you know, crackheads and shit There's like that. There's so many crazy but people in the world. In the movie uh, Dark Days, like, some of the guys would write no crack on their little homes because they were sick of people, you know, you know, breaking in or knocking, you know, asking right. for crack. So, Yeah, it's hard to get crack in the basement. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's so oh, there strange. you go. Yeah. I keep forgetting that we could check some of this shit out. Yeah. It's so strange. I recommend it. I, I mean, I, I think the, I think they could have done a better job with this documentary, but it was, it was definitely cool. Look, that guy has a dartboard. Yeah, he's got a refrigerator behind him. Yeah, he has a refrigerator. It's all you know, free electricity, and that's uh, crazy. Yeah. And so they just tapped into all the wires. They tapped above into them. everything. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. really ingenious. When it's I was, so fascinating how people just find a way to adapt. Right. You know, they find a way to adapt they living s- in Siberia. They find a way to adapt living in the fucking tunnels. Right. They seemed very, uh, very happy down there, too. <laughs> that it, it becomes their life. Yeah, and I bet they probably feel like they're getting away with, like, not paying rent. Of course. You know, like, of course. That's what cripples everybody, right? Yeah. Paying rent. I was creeped out. Uh, I thought I'd see rats down there. I didn't see any. And the guy, Moses, I was with, he's like, look, there's no people down here anymore. And, you know, rats need people to survive. So they go Whoa. where the people are. Yeah, because the rats basically just eat our garbage. I uh, was on the Upper West Side once, and I was at a, um, a gas station somewhere on the West Side. And uh, I uh, was on the payphone. This is how long ago this was. And while I was on the phone, my, my car was parked. I was getting gas. Rats are jumping out of this sewer, climbing up my wheel and into the no. wheelhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just immediately, wow. like right away, looking for like... Whatever, fucking a sandwich I might have run over right. that's on the tires. Wow. They're looking for a way into the car, looking for a way like into the engine compartment. Right. They, they sense the heat coming off of it. Right. I mean, I, th- I saw six, seven rats climb all over my wheels. It was disgusting. And they're highly intelligent. There's so many of them. There's a book out there called Rats. You want to be creeped out. They're highly intelligent? 
Yeah, they really are, and they learn, and, you know, it's really tough to fucking trap them and all that shit. Really? They understand when you're fucking up their environment. Oh, yeah. They, they, you know, they, they set up all their paths and stuff. So, you know, dopey humans go, oh, well, I'll put the fucking rat trap right where their path is. They, they understand that shit. They're fully aware. Yeah, rat traps are not enough for those cunts. No. We've we got to come up with robots they, that eat rats. They say there's more rats in New York City than people. And they, in this book, they said at any given time, this, is, this will blow your mind, at any given time when you're walking around New York City, there's a rat within feet of you. Cause, wow, because they have all this, you know, these tunnels under the sidewalk and all that shit. So, so they dig their own tunnels under the oh, sidewalk. They love fucking tunnels. Oh, <laughs> they Jesus love fucking Christ. tunnels. But according to this book, at any given moment in New York City, you're very close to a rat. Wouldn't that be nuts if they had uh, an app for that? <laughs> so you go and you look at your phone, like how many rats are near me, and you look and everywhere in your feet, it's like that scene in Aliens, right? When the little girl's hiding and the aliens are coming through the ceiling, <laughs> like you look all over the ground, it's like rats are underneath right. you and tunnels everywhere. I think people would move out. They wouldn't be so fucking comfy and cozy in their Upper East Side, well, you know, penthouses if you could look down, you know, with yeah. a with a, a phone and just see all the rats moving underneath the surface. You know, uh, the Plaza Hotel, obviously in New York. Yeah, I think it was the Daily News did an article about the park across the street is infested with rats, and the reason is Ooh. because the horse, the horse and carriages, you know, they put all the feed down, so that shit is everywhere. So oh, yeah. it's a great, you know, a food source for rats. Oh, so wow. I, I read about it in the um, the paper. I went there that night. And they said, you, you got to wait till the sun goes down. And sure the fuck, there were rats everywhere hopping across the fucking lawns and everything. Oh, did you freak S out? Sometimes they run like on just two feet. What? Fuck yeah. I don't know if it's because they're excited. I have no fucking idea. Not not a lot, but enough to creep you out. Like, what the fuck? Rats run like oh. that? Oh, yeah. And then there are people oh. where people were just kind of sitting on uh, benches and shit. And rats were literally right behind them, and they didn't know. Oh, my God. Because I was fully aware because of the article. So like, oh. And they'd climb on people sometimes, too. You're yeah, sitting I didn't there. see any of that. But, but then you also see all the paths where, the, where they're coming from. Yeah. Fuck. Paths from one bush to another. How many did you think you saw? That night, a couple dozen probably. Oh, yeah. They came out, man. And that's probably a tiny fraction of how many but of them are out. It's a tiny little park. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like maybe four times the space we're in right now. That's Jeez, it. Just a small Christ. park, but it was infested. Oh, and I'm sure the city hasn't cleaned it up since. So, how do they do something like that? If they, you want, if you want to check out rats, go there. It's across the street from the plaza, not Central Park, which is right there too. How do they keep a rat population correct? Mm, these guys that make a shitload of money just killing rats, killing rats. That's all they do. Yeah, these these buildings, they they hire the best guys and they make a fortune keeping these uh, buildings rat free. They need cats. Yeah, I guess cats are the way to go. Yeah. We we cooked up rats on our radio show. And you ate it? You didn't know th about that one? No, maybe I did. We did more shit at NEW than satellite radio. Really? Yeah. One day we got the idea. I don't remember why. Maybe there's some dumb cooking show well, on Baby Bird. Baby well, Bird was NEW. The greatest fucking bit ever. Oh, and we got to talk about the destroyer before I get out of here. The nickname you gave me. <laughs> That's right. You were there for probably the greatest bit we ever did, Baby Bird. Yeah. But let me tell you about the rat thing real fast. So at NEW, um, we decided to cook up rats. And we actually got listeners to come in to eat rat. Wow. And I, I looked at Anthony. I'm like, there's no way, but we'll try. So we, we, you know, we threw the question out there. Who would come in and eat rats? The phone's fucking lit up. And people are like, I'll eat rats. <laughs> So we had two cooks come in. Oh, God. We had one guy that was uh, a French chef, 
and we had just a fucking run of the mill barbecue type guy. And they, they both had live rats. We, we gave them the live rats and they had to do everything else. And one guy killed the rat, like very, you know, humane. He found the spot on the neck or whatever and just fucking stabbed it real fast. The thing was dead in like a second, half a second. And the other guy fucking took his rat and was just bludgeoning him to death on the side of the table. Oh, my God. To kill him because he didn't know how else to this kill him. This is all on the radio? All on regular radio. Oh, my God. And then the French chef, uh, you know, had a nice recipe and he made like a... I remember this. A brown sauce. Yeah. And, and uh, nice... Why do I feel like I was there? Nice presentation. And the other guy just fucking cooked up this bloody mess. Didn't even... Just cooked the whole thing, basically. But wouldn't you know, the listeners came in and they they tried the the, the especially the one f- by the french chef they went back for seconds <laughs> they went back for seconds well ra- not only it, did they was say it a store rat or was it a street rat um i don't i, I don't remember where we got the rats from to be completely <laughs> honest with you i was we were trying to get like subway rats oh, but God. i think we might end up getting them from a pet store or something <sighs> but they were big ugly motherfuckers the whole oh. thing's on youtube by the way it's under opium really? full show rat eating show Oh, yeah, yeah, check that out. Wow. But then you were there. The first time we did radio together, though, I think was in Vegas at the poker tournament. No, it wasn't in Vegas. It was out here. It was in California. Oh, in, yeah, in California. Yeah. Was that the first time you were on yeah, our show? Yeah, Ed Asner called you the destroyer. Well, I don't, yeah, but then I think you, it was Ed Asner. Was, but uh, then you pushed that forward. Well, you, you came well, up with Was that the first time we did, the, did radio together? Uh, yes, yeah. Because uh, I, didn't, I didn't really – I knew of you and your stand-up, obviously. And like I said earlier, you know, you supported us. And we finally got to do radio together. And Anthony was in the poker tournament. Yes. So I'm like, yo, Joe, you know, hang out. Let's do this. And, yeah, we had a good time. And Ed Asner came on. I mean, he had no reason to be on our show, to be honest with you. He's a great guy. He's he's just, a, he was he, all right. He's you and him, but, uh, and you started fucking with him. Well, no, we didn't. Even, <laughs> we did. We got along, but uh, I I recently explained this uh, somewhere that um, I do that shit just to get a fucking get a rise out of someone out of you, not out him. Of me? I, yeah, I don't give a oh, fuck about. So you you went after him to get a rise out of me. Yeah, yeah. that's how fucked up that is. <laughs> that's not fucked up. I, I did it showmanship. I, I did it to Superfly uh, Jimmy Snooker the other day. Oh, did you really? Well, you, back in '83, <laughs> uh, a woman died that he was with, and it was very suspicious. Oh, really? Very suspicious. He says she fell on some rocks. They were they were uh, driving to a I think a, a, a wrestling match or something. And stopped at a rest area, and she was checking out a stream, and she fucking hit her head. And then by the time he got her to the hospital and stuff, she was dead. But some say yeah, I don't he know. might have had something to do with it. Maybe he didn't, though. Imagine if that was actually just his girlfriend, and you're accusing him of killing her. And well, we got a video. horrible. And... It's, it's, my, it's one of my latest videos on my YouTube channel because what happened was I, we, we asked him the story, which, which right. was pretty big because I was, wasn't sure he was going to talk about it. And he told the whole fucking story. And just to get a rise out of everyone in the room, I go, well, what is she doing now? <laughs> Knowing what the answer would be. <laughs> and look at the reaction I'm getting now. <laughs> but that's just to get everyone in the room extremely uncomfortable. And that's what happened with Ed, Ed Asner that day. Yeah. <laughs> Ed, Ed Asner didn't do anything to me. But what, for the people that don't know, a producer started giving me, like, hand signals and stuff. Like, he was trying to get my attention for something else. It might have even been where Ant was at in the poker tournament. And uh, who who said, what does that mean? Was it you or Ed Asner? About what? 
with the hand signals that led to what I did. I don't remember. Oh, okay. But anyway, like someone asked, like, what, what, why is that get, guy giving, you know, hand signals? And I said, well, when the guest is boring, I said this right in front of Ed Asner. I go, when the guest is boring, they give me, you know, hand signals to get him off the fucking air. And that's when Ed Asner called me the destroyer. <laughs> and for some reason, that made you really happy. It was hilarious. It made you really happy. It was fun because you were, you were fucking with him, obviously, but it was good natured. It wasn't that, but he was. I, you, know, you also got in fun. a fight with the, that, that poker player that when we were there. Oh, the fuck. Oh, I, I didn't. Oh, you were there? Yeah. I, I got some photos. Brian. Me? You mean you're talking about De- DeGrano? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get in an argument. He just wrote some stuff on his his blog. Yeah, we weren't was, feeling like, him incorrect. that day. We weren't feeling him. He, it's he's a good guy. It just he misunderstood what I was saying. He thought that I was talking shit about his uh, ex girlfriend. I was not doing that. I was talking right. about like what I and he realized and he went back and looked at the listened to it and actually wrote an apology on his website. Oh really? So he's a nice guy. Yeah, you know? I got no problem with we, him. We didn't. I don't know. We didn't I just hit, was we didn't hit it doing, off that day. I was him. doing radio. We were talking about. It was on XM, so we were talking. We were having a good time. We were having some fun. We were having fun. And then you were the one that officially came up with Baby Bird. Yeah. Some say is like probably right up there, one of our greatest bits ever. I think Bill Bird named it. It was. It might have been Bill that said the name Baby Bird. Wasn't it your idea? It was my idea. Yeah. Yeah. I can't take credit for that one. My idea was. uh, We were doing the eggnog drinking contest, (laughs) which we no longer can do. It's illegal now. Fuck. Why won't they let that stupid lady died? That. Drinking water, yeah. We, so they shut down. Just bring Pat from Unaki. They only. shut down all the. To <laughs> see what he could do. Were you there the year the guy ate the Fruit Loops with the puke milk? Yes, I saw that. Oh, you Pat were there Duffy. too, Pat Duffy. What did he do with that day? I think Pat. Yeah, well, I was there when he did it. Okay, yeah, uh, Pat Duffy. We, we did brush his teeth with dog shit with cat shit. Dog oh, yeah, shit yeah, or cat yeah. shit. Dog shit. Dog shit. He's a fucking crazy prick. He's he's on uh, he's on Twitter. I, he just uh, I love messaged him. me the other day. I love Pat Duffy. I love him too. What whatever happened to him? How come he's not working for you guys anymore? Because we can't do the stunts anymore. Uh, but we got we got a couple positions that are open. So we're, you know he wants to interview for him. So yeah, he called in depressed just, the other day. Just he, did you hear him? him? He sounded so sad. Oh really? And uh, he called in the Jim Norton show, and he just was like, "Nothing's working for me. I'm yeah. on my last." It's, it just sad. hire him. He's he was he, he, willing to eat shit. He did amazing stuff for us, but he was the one that decided to go over the garbage pail when <laughs> when uh, Pat from Munaki started puking from having. Well, we knew out. Pat from Munaki was going to puke, so we were trying to figure out what would be the most fucked up way to cap off this already <laughs> awesome radio show. Which, by the way, we're on regular radio. Okay, right. this was on regular radio, so we couldn't swear or anything like that. And me from having doing Fear Factor, it's the only way I would have ever thought to do this. I was like, how about someone leans over the garbage pail and he throws up in their mouth? I never thought anyone would say yes. Duffy fucking stepped right up. And Pat Duffy stepped up immediately. And I'm like, there's no way this is really going to happen. There's no way this is really going to happen. And the cartoonishness of the throw up coming out of Pat from Munaki, the fact that it was literally all eggnog. Yeah. It was 70-something yeah. shots of eggnog, and it was like a broken fire hydrant stream. <laughs> and we were, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in it my life. It could be the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It was, it was awesome. Because you couldn't imagine there was that much fluid in one guy. It, it just kept going just, and going and going. If you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, you deserve to. Well, you two you owe it. YouTube you, took a lot of the uh, videos, videos down off. of that oh, one. Here it is. It's but there here. is one. Well, this is, is from a cell phone. They let the cell yeah, phone version. Pal talk. Joe Rogan this Caroline's all weekend long. is unbelievable. Pat, Pat Duffy's just sitting there with his arms crossed, relaxed, 
And Pat from Munaki, who is about, what, 300-plus pounds? Yeah, easy. Gigantic With guy. tiny little thin legs. <laughs> and he has got this huge gut filled with eggnog, and he's ready to blow it all I- over Pat's face. And once it goes, by the way, the floor is covered with plastic. I mean, <laughs> it's set up like a Dexter cut room. They couldn't wait to get us out of there. And Pat, they yeah. fucking hated us. Oh, I'm sure. Could you imagine? They didn't want to deal with this shit. If you have shit. like a fucking jazz show that's on after you, <laughs> right. you use that studio. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't Pat, seen this in a while. Pat from Munaki, he said, this is it. He's going for 75. He's, he's 75 shots. Keep their position, so. The cameras and everybody. And he's can so see. calm. He's such a professional. Yeah, that's fine. People are calling from all over America. They've been puking all over the place. Seventy-five. <laughs> just about every 75. city in America. Yeah, because other Any people had already started hurling. They was, gave up early. It was you and Bill Byrne's studio oh, that day. Here we go. And I think. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the baby Oh my God! That's three massive. Four. Look at that one. How big was that one? Holy fuck! <laughs> and you think there's no way he's gonna no, do he more? No, he keeps four. Oh, four. No. Five. <laughs> that's that's that one. And look how big that one was. That's impossible. That's impossible. Six. It's insane. You know, I have seen this video a hundred times. It never gets. Seven. It's impossible. Seven. <laughs> Seven dumpsters full. Seven. Seven. Uh, and he's not done. Eight. Six, that's oh eight. Oh, my God. Look at the size of them. They're like a like, gallon each. How do you explain that? You can't explain but, it. But how do you explain how much liquid is coming out of his mouth? I don't understand it. There, there was eight <laughs> massive. But how do you explain that? Like they're, they're massive blasts of liquid. They're so wide. So wide. They're like rivers coming out of his <laughs> mouth. You remember uh, the Stephen King movie Stand By Me with the dude that has the pie-eating yeah, contest and throws yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. It's literally crazier than that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Literally, it doesn't believe. Uh, I don't believe that it came out of his body. Pat Tuffy, I, I, did, oh, one, I did one stunt God. with him where um, we decided to make um, ice cream out of his sister's breast milk. <laughs> so and I every once in a while I'll step up and you know still do some of these fucking bits and that was one for whatever reason I said yeah I'll fucking do it fuck it and the ice cream it tasted really good his, for the first second and then it was the most horrendous taste you could ever imagine this is the pie eating contest where remember that it's oh yeah by okay. me yeah, here we are all right oh. <laughs> Stephen King is such a bad motherfucker. How many good movies and books has this guy written? He trashed us. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Pat was... Pat was more impressive, because that looked more fake. It did look fake. Stephen King trashed you guys? Yeah, I don't remember exactly. So many people... Over what? So many people trashed us, you forget, after a while. I think we went after one of his radio stations or one of his uh, morning shows. And a Jocktober sort of a thing? I think. Someone maybe can help us out. Is it recently that he did this? Uh, A couple years back. Okay, because recently you guys went after one in Maine. It was like a Portland, Maine one. I was laughing my ass off. Probably. It was really funny. Yeah. The Jocktober ones are real. I I love those. And I love how they always shut their Facebook pages down like almost immediately. They can't take it. The pests find (laughs) out about it. Just who can take that shit? Nobody can take. But they take it to the you know the the nth degree. (laughs) It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, the pests are like the the most loyal and active 
but radio they, fans, I think, of any show. And they also turn on us as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, dude. They keep us on our toes. It's like, fuck. Yeah, they uh, they They're definitely brutal. used to at the comedy shows. I know you guys had some... We I went to one of your shows. I did one of your shows in Vegas, and it was great. The yeah. audience was great. But no, our I've audience, seen... uh, has uh, it has to be said, they are a great comedy crowd. They will sit down and fucking listen, man. But, but that and show they, in Philly, the infamous show. Where that one they, they didn't. Were, they were, yeah, Philly, that they one they were a little didn't. hostile. Yeah, well, they, they were drinking all day. We did these uh, comedy shows across America, and the Philly one is legendary now. And I feel bad because I know you're close with Don Marrero, but he, yeah. he ate his balls that day. But, <laughs> but I've thought about it many times since that went on. He never had a chance. He never had a chance, and Jimmy Schubert never had a chance. And Jimmy Schubert actually bombed in front of his fucking family that were basically sitting in the front row. Uh, they had to deal with that shit. Did Jimmy go on first? Uh, no, Jimmy came close. I think he... No, I think he went... Who didn't bomb? Um, Norton. Bill Burr was next. Bill Burr saw what was happening with Jimmy Schubert and then Don Marrero. And then went on shit all and over. And he goes, you know what? They're fucking not doing this to me. And at that point, uh, our audience didn't really know Bill Burr yet. You know, they didn't embrace him yet like other guys that came before Bill. He was sort of on the cusp of being accepted by our big fucking, you know, lunatic uh, audience. And he said, I, they ain't doing that shit to me. So, you know, it's legendary. That 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 clip is out there, too. Yeah. Where he took on the entire fuck fucking Fuck you and fuck place. the Liberty Bell. <laughs> right. Yeah. He and went after Philadelphia he in did. a way that nobody's ever done no. before. And, and he... Uh, he they started booing him. By the end of it, he got a standing ovation. Yeah. It was one of the most amazing th things I've ever seen. I, I know I'm saying that a lot, but we're bringing up a lot of benchmarks today. But that was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. A guy turn a fucking room like that. Yeah, that was legit. See, and what bothers me about this video, this is I wish we had a better copy of this. Yeah. It's just I, a shitty cell that. phone video. It's somebody uh, uploaded on, uh, you know. You know, got it on their cell phone. Bill Burr started out in Boston, and you deal with so many crowds like that. Yeah. Drunk, angry, crazy fucks that you develop that style, that, that right. you know, that uh, attack style. That was such a Boston, Is Boston set. Tough for you guys? Boston's a great place. But a great I mean, place to do stand-up. Well, as long as you got your, your shit together. But, I mean, when you're coming up, I, I would imagine it was hard. Well, when, when Bill and I came up, I was a couple of years before him. But um, when we came up, there was so many good comics around that, yeah. like, the, the rules of the land had been pretty much established. And there was a lot of, like, really good places to do stand-up. Right. But there was also, like, a lot of, like, really fucked up little shitholes that you get sent to. Those right. are, like, so important, though. Of course. You know, you can't have, like, only easy crowds when you're starting out. Right. To really learn how to do comedy, you got to be able to do some hostile places. Right. So I see, like, a guy like Bill in that video. It's like, that's right up Bill's alley. You get you, it. You do stand-up in you Boston, you're going to have to deal with some fuckheads. <laughs> you get it. I miss those shows. We're, we're thinking about bringing them back. We'll Bring say. them back, man. Yeah, It'd be fun. We'll, maybe this coming summer we'll do one or two. You were the guy that name, you first came up with the name Death Squad. Do you understand that that... Really? Yeah. <laughs> our show? <laughs> or, or No, the name Death Squad. Yeah. You came up with... Me personally or yeah, our show? you did. You oh. did. No, he called his... He didn't make the name up, but he called his Death Squad. You, the, Your listen. voice is getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> and how Don't. about I get a little credit here? <laughs> 
Joe was trying to give him some credit, credit, man. When I showed up, I showed up with Tate Fletcher, who's a big, giant Ultimate Fighter dude, and uh, Eddie Bravo. Sure. And you go, here comes Joe Rogan with the death squad. Okay, I do remember that. And when you did that, that literally became the nickname we started using. So, like... All the podcasts that are called the Death Squad. Right. That, that all came out of that one thing. So that how you about said. do I get a little taste? What do you want? What do you want? Oh, hug? Well, I got my taste. Give me some Was free alpha brain. I got my taste, by the way. <laughs> Was oh the taste of that? That's it's tough to get that in New York. <laughs> New York, you guys got some wacky laws. I don't know if I like the pure coconut water. You, you guys got know. a lot of freaky stuff around here. Coconut <laughs> water is very freaky. I'm surprised it's legal. Alpha brain. What are you talking about? How's coconut water freaky? Did I say freaky? Yeah. I, oh, I said you just. Well, uh, no, you other got, freaky shit. I guess brain. maybe I'm not describing it perfectly, but you got a, a new mood thing over there. You got fucking <clears throat> alpha brain over here. We're I'm, freaky peepee. I'm, I'm drinking pure coconut water. It's very good for you. Which I know it's very healthy. good, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't like it. We're surrounding you with like organic got, items, wood then, and brick and bone. No, but then you got antlers. coffee made with butter. Yeah, <laughs> keeping it together, what bro. Is coffee made with butter. It's, it's bulletproof coffee. It's grass-fed butter. Those, I know it's one of your sponsors. Mycotoxin-free coffee. I, I say that with love. I, oh, I know I, you do. Okay. The most expensive coffee I've ever drinking is something called Kopi Luwak. No idea. <clears throat> what it is is um, it's coffee beans that are eaten by an animal called a civet. Right. And it shits it out. And when it shits it out, the coffee beans are not digested by its body, but its body's acids, stomach acids, do something to break down the outer area, the right. outer hard area. And then when you brew those beans, it's unbelievably smooth and delicious. And it doesn't taste like shit? <laughs> Someone has to say it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I guess they clean it. I, oh, I yeah. Understand. Maybe they just fucking <clears throat> drain the beans it. a little bit. They clean the shit off. I'd try it. that. It's good. I'm telling you, it's delicious. Where do you get it's that? Different. You get a specialty stores. You got to order it online. Yeah. But the fact is, someone likes coffee so much they picked it out of a pile of shit. <laughs> no kidding. And like this little cunty fucking <laughs> civic. And you know they had it eating my beans. Well, someone had to try it for the first time. Yeah. Well, it, think about anything that, that people ha- have eaten. Yeah, we've we've lobsters and shit. Right. You know? Someone had to go. You know, I think that might be tasty. They had to give it a shot. And they, but I think of the stuff they they <clears> tried like. You know, someone had to try poison ivy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I bet they ate that. They had to try all that shit, and yeah. we finally said, no, leave that shit alone. Yeah, it's funny how some plants are delicious for you, and other plants will kill you immediately. Right. And they all, like, sort of... And someone had to fucking figure that shit out for us. Yeah, they've all been, like, documented, essentially, except for, like, the rainforest. There's, they don't even know what the fuck's in there. And you, you deal with, like, the gigantic... Vast reaches of the Amazon and how many plants are in there that we don't even know about. There's, right. It's very possible. They send botanists down there all the time and they discover new shit. And we're just fucking destroying it. <clears throat> yeah. To us, oh, yeah. To us, it's no big fucking deal. Well, where is it? Borneo? Was it Borneo they keep finding new species? They've been finding a, a bunch of new species in the like, tropical rainforest. New species of primates, <clears throat> new species of bugs, new species of birds. Right. It's like they're constantly finding all these weird, freaky fucking animals that they didn't even know existed. And it's 2013. Yes. Like, we do not have a good inventory of all the life on Earth. We got most of it, though. Don't you Maybe think? Maybe not Bigfoot. Da, da, da. <laughs> I don't know. What about Loch Ness Monster? I think that's most likely horseshit. Or it could be uh, just a big fish or an eel. No, it has to be eel or horseshit like by that. now. They've, they've, been, yeah. they've been, you know, looking around enough. Well, they don't, they don't just look around enough. They've actually, like, trolled Well, the sonars. That, and, yeah, yeah, I know. That, and they thought it was a plesiosaur, I think. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that animal breathes water. 
I think that animal is supposed to be an air breathing thing, like a whale, you know, that kind of a situation. A dragon. Yeah, and it's like I don't know though. <laughs> I don't know if they they breathe water, but I just don't think that a dinosaur could be alive today. It just doesn't make sense to me. But how cool would that be? It would be pretty fucking cool. That'd be cool, right? You think we'll bring dinosaurs back? Yeah, I think they're going to do that eventually. You think we're going to start doing some of that shit? I couldn't imagine them not. Because they're already talking about mammoths. I think right. there's uh, some yeah, Russian They're getting, they're getting close to figuring that out, don't you think? Yeah, they, they're but, very close to doing that. But they've mammoths. only been extinct how many years? 13,000. Between 10. somewhere in the Pleistocene yeah. and somewhere around uh, 13,000. That's nothing thousands. compared to fucking yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah, they don't know. Uh, they they think that they might have been killed the same way. They think that uh, the there's there's a lot of speculation as to what killed off the woolly mammoth, but they think the woolly mammoth and the saber tooth tiger might have been killed off by meteors. Really? Yeah, they think that um, the uh, the decline of the last ice age, like the abruptness, might have uh, might have been started or triggered initially by meteor showers, because mm. they found that about. I think 12,000 years ago in the strata when they do like coil, soil samples, you know, 12,000 years ago they found this type of glass that exists at nuclear test sites and on meteor impact sites. And it's everywhere, all over the earth. <clears throat> so they, they found it in all sorts of different countries and it's all in the same area. Wow. So they're pretty sure that that's what happened. And they think that that might have coincided with a lot of mass extinctions, including like the, the woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers. Wow. Because they found, they found some areas, really interesting areas, where they found like a lot of woolly mammoth skeletons all together in one place. Like they all died together. Mm. I don't know. You know like that, like what the, what kind of glass is that that they're finding? Impact glass. It's so like, what does it look like? It's like greenish. It's really kind of But cool is it looking. like big, huge pieces? No, or is I don't it think just, so. I think it's microscopic. Microscopic? <laughs> I think you can see it. I, mean, I mean, I don't want to say microscopic. It's the wrong word. I think it's, uh, it varies in size, but some of it is small pieces that they just find. That's pretty cool. In, in the, yeah. Well, let me, let me find it like, so I can answer your question. But impact glass, glass 12,000 years. Um, yeah, it's fascinating shit because what they're saying essentially – is that it's most likely that if something like that did happen, a lot of people died. Mm -hmm. And that it might have killed off a huge percentage of our population. But it's so long ago that the stories about it, the, the fables, everything that was, if there was writing back then, right. everything that was written down is gone. It's long gone. And it's my, it might be very well that the amount of civilization that we had back then was like we were on our way to developing a civilization, but it was pretty remote and pretty, pretty crude. Right. And then it got... Reset, right, and then we had to start all over again. You think it was crude? Might be. You, it, it's, it's there's a lot of evidence. Do you think that, that Earth could have had ago, highly intelligent beings before us? Sure, it's possible. It's just there's no evidence of it. True. What, what if you found new evidence somewhere and you found out? Well, in Greenland, there's an alien ship that you know came here from another fucking planet. They found it in the ground and they found all these alien fossils and they had a whole city set up here hundred million years ago. You'd be like, whoa. No shit, you would. Yeah, I mean, but. Until they find something like that, you're just talking out of your ass, you know? Well, that's what I said about Bigfoot. <laughs> I said that about Bigfoot. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Except I defer to that lady. That uh, that lady. Yeah, she knows a little bit more. Jane Goodall's. Uh, she's a bad bitch. She knows what the fuck she's talking about. But then again, that could be just her super excited. Mm. The, the melt glass forms at 1,700 degrees, equal to an atomic bomb. Meteorites are thought to have triggered a cold snap that killed off every civ early civilization and giant animals. Yeah, this is what they're thinking. Evidence of this meteorite's intense heat was found on two continents. Researchers believe the huge, co huge cosmic impact triggered a vicious cold snap, which caused widespread destruction in 
international team found a substance known as melt glass, which forms at temperatures of 17, whoa, 1,700 degrees to 2,200 degrees Celsius and can result in a cosmic body hitting the Earth. So that's what it's a result from. So they think that that's like one of the leading. Oh, it's big, man. They have big pieces of this shit. I thought it was small, but look, it's big. It's in this guy's oh, hand. Oh, wow. It doesn't look like glass, though. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's uh, created by, it, well, it does here more. It looks like, like melted oh, glass, yeah, yeah, like sprayed out. You're just looking at sort of a, a weird picture. But um, there's, uh, there's a thing called the, the Clovis Comet. And uh, that's a, a a comet that they're uh, an, an impact site that they they were uh, researching too. They're trying to figure out is around the same same time, around mm-hmm. twelve thousand years ago. They think that uh, that might have coincided with uh, a lot of the, or might have rather been uh, the source of uh, a lot of the stories of cataclysms in like the old texts, right. like the Sumerian texts, and you know, and the the, the ancient stories from the uh, original Hebrew Bible. Right. Like a lot of those cataclysmic stories might have had something to do with a t- retelling of the days of the impacts of the meteor showers. Were you bored in school? Yeah, I was pretty bored. Yeah, because they weren't teaching this shit. Well, they were, you know, the problem with school is they're just trying to get you to conform to sitting in a chair and absorbing information and doing what they ask you to do all day. Right. You know, when you're, you got a kid, the, the way to get a kid excited about learning is to get him excited about learning something that he's interested in. Of course. And then once they do that, or then sexually. The, uh, yeah. Having a <laughs> And then once you do that, then, you know, learning becomes fun. But so, for most of us, learning became a bore. A burden. It's a yeah. It so I had to kind of relearn like yeah. what learning meant. Now, how are you handling that with your kids? In what way? Uh, how are they learning? Just oh, traditional school? Yeah. Um, but well, are, I mean, are they having a good time with it, or are they going through the same shit we did growing up? Because um, my know, kids are still too young. They're the the. I one, start that next year, I guess. The 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 four year old is in preschool right now, and it's fascinating to watch them first start to interact with their little friends, and they're just starting to learn things, and uh, they're learning things, and it's fun. And what's really interesting to me is I was watching the other day, and they're teaching this class, and you know they're they're teaching them stuff, and they get excited when they raise their hand and they figure it out, and they're right, and they all like laugh and they're having fun. I'm like. What happens where this stops being fun? Right. Like, how does this become the grossness that is nonchalant high school teachers who don't give a fuck and kids in the class who don't give a fuck and everybody seems to be misguided and, and lost and ready to fucking just get out of there and break free? And just... I, got, I got the answer. The first, the first day they gave you homework. <laughs> Is that it, though? Is well, that it? I don't think you should do homework. I agree with you well, there. Well, school was absolutely fun until they started fucking giving you homework. And it, and, and it was busy work. Yeah. Most of that shit was busy work. Yeah. And if it did, it, look, you can, only, you can only focus on certain, you know, like one thing or and, and whatever, whatever your, your subjects are that you're really trying to gather information on. You can only focus, focus on them for a certain amount of hours in a day. Of course. Otherwise, you're going to lose the absorption. You're right. not going to absorb. And when you force kids into like getting home and then working, on, what about the rest of their life? Like right. you're going to make an imbalanced person. Right. If you're, if they're going to school eight hours a day. That and should then be after that's the, that should be good enough. Yeah, should be a, eight should hours be. doing anything a day should be good enough. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You're not going to get. I don't to, know. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. that. My my son is uh, almost three and preschool next year in the fall. Yeah. And I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know how. Well, what are your thoughts on the way to, you know, I mean, obviously you made a living in a very controversial and um, uh, unusual way right. by, by becoming a radio guy. Like very few people make it as a radio guy. Right. So like, I mean, a lot of parents, their big scare, the big fear is what if my son or daughter becomes a loser? Right. What if I fail to get them ready for the real world and then they're out there and they become like this big burden? Right. So then when they hear something like, hey, mom, I, I want to be a radio DJ. You know, son, don't you know it's hard to make it in the radio business? The radio business has one of the smallest rates of success of any business in America. Why? Why do that? Or do you can go work with your father in stocks and bonds? And Well, my dad said go for it. Well, then your dad's a good guy. He was an amazing guy. Yeah. That's... He absolutely, he told me from a very young age, he said, look, find something you really enjoy because you're going to have to do it for a long fucking time. Yeah. He didn't give a fuck if we wore a suit or if we, you know, try to be a radio guy. And he supported, you know, he supported me uh, every step of the way. That's awesome. And, but, and it's funny you, you say what you just did because I remember my friends were so fucking jealous of me because I was able to go for my dream. And they wanted to go for the same fucking dream, but they had the parents that you just mocked, oh. where they basically said there was like five uh, careers that were the hot careers back then, and they basically forced their kids to go to college to get a job in one of those areas. Yeah, because my... it was the safest, you know, route. And those those guys, you know, they're miserable. They're absolutely miserable. Yeah, and then you're fucked because you're stuck on that path right. there's nothing you could do you got the mortgage you got the wife you got the kids you got the job that's a good job like what are you gonna quit this good job and then how are you gonna live what right. are you gonna do are you gonna be a musician now really yeah, yeah. no but, your time to be a musician was when you were 20 yeah and and to be fair my dad always said have something to fall back on like he was aware right. that you know the odds were against me but he's like you know make sure you, you have something to fall back on which that's, i never really did <laughs> I never, yeah I just kind of – I was either going to do that or just be a bum or something, I think. But as far as my kid goes, I just want him to just try every everything. Whatever he enjoys, right? Have Absolutely. him pursue what he enjoys. Absolutely. I always say that if there's a guy out there, anybody out there that's making comic books, you can make comic books too, okay? Mm -hmm. If there's a guy out there that's making movies, you can make movies too. You're a person. You've got to figure out what he's doing. I'm not saying you're going to figure it out. You mm -hmm. might not be able to figure it out. But if it was so easy to do, everybody would be doing it, okay? Right. But – if someone's doing it, it can be done. Right. It doesn't, you know, you, you have to figure out. And along the way, you learn about yourself and you learn about getting shit done. And of you course. Learn, you learn about making things happen. Of course. And that's what people don't learn when they take the safe route. When they, save, they take that safe route, they, they don't learn about making shit happen. Right. They don't learn about the thrill of carving a, a life out of something that's like a really difficult business, like the radio business. Right. Like, you got to kick back at the end of the day and go, hey, fuck it. I'm Opie from Opie and Anthony. It's one of the biggest radio teams in the history of the business. 18 years. Period. At the end of the day, there's, no one can take that away from no. you. That's pretty fucked up. That's fucking awesome. That's that, the only thing I've done my whole life. But Started at 18 years old. But it's great. And think about yeah. how few of them, how few people who get into radio ever get to be an Opie. Right. How few people get to be on a show like Opie and Anthony. It's well, they, so few. And they were scared to take the chance. So you can understand why your parents would be, you know, oh, yeah. reluctant to, inf you know, to try to encourage you to right. pursue that kind of a dream. If you don't want your kid to be a loser and you see something like radio, you're like, oh, this fucking kid. I wonder what, what I wonder what they really thought when they weren't talking to me. <laughs> you know, when I was away doing this fucking thing, I wonder if they, you know, 
I wonder if they had conversations like, oh, fuck, I hope he gives up on that, you know. Fortunately for one me, of these my, days. my parents didn't have any influence on me by the time I was 21. There's, there's nothing they could say. I was so stubborn. Like, I had, oh, I was, when I had it in my mind, I was like, it didn't matter to me. So when I started doing stand-up comedy, my mother was like, well, I never really thought you were that funny. I don't think oh, that's really? what you should do. Yeah, my mom didn't think I was funny at all. I think uh, <laughs> I, I never looked back at 18. Oh yeah, yeah. I came. I came from a you know kind of a strange upbringing. My yeah. mom was fucking mentally insane, and I knew I had to get the fuck out of there. Your mom was nutty. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you out. feel like you have any of that nutty sauce working around your brain? I'm sure we all do. I not get, not like not like she had it. No, like gotta, she has. She had. She was. Di- she's diagnosed with OCD, but she's she's got all sorts of shit going on. Now, what would they do for her today? If they were today, they would she's, just hook her on. She's something. medicated. Yeah. But, I mean, the pills have come a long way, you know. But back in the day, man, holy fuck. Yeah, if you were stuck, if your mother had a mental illness back she, in the day, nobody did anything about it. They, no, they didn't have any results. She went away. She would go away to mental hospitals. And as kids, we were like, where's mom? Oh, she's visiting, like, a long-lost fucking relative. Oh, God. And she would be gone for a week or two at a time. Yeah. And they did, they did the electric shock treatment back then, the bad kind. Oh. They've been able to pinpoint that shit. So when they do give you electric shock now, they, they kind of they understand it a little better. But back then, they were just frying the whole fucking brain and hoping they were turning some shit off. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh yeah. Well, it's really interesting when you look at, like, respected peer-reviewed medical journals from, like, the 1600s and shit. Right. <laughs> they thought you could, like, lobotomize people. No it was, like, kidding. a totally cool thing to do. No kidding. Man, I don't know what year it was where they lobotomized people, but yeah. I'm making the number up. But whenever they used to do it, like... You know, they thought that was the way to do it. Right. Like, this is a good move. You're yeah. going to fucking stick in there and scramble. But, I mean, but someday they're going to look at the shit we're doing today and go, yeah, these idiots back then thought this was the right thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, artificial hips. Artificial hips tweak me out. Like, I, I can see when someone needs them and, you know, like, well, you got to do what you got to do. But I know in a few years, they're going to be able to regenerate a hip. Of course. They're going to be able to figure out how to do some really nutty shit. Right. They built a woman's bladder. They made a fake what? bladder. Yeah, they built it in a fucking... I don't know how they built it. Right. They used some sort of tissue from, from her skin and constructed a bladder wow. and, then, and then put it in her body. I don't know. Did it work? I don't know. Tastes the same? Is it her urine? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Brian. I'm not, I don't drink other people's urine. It's just just your own. Just my own. I don't even drink my own anymore. I tried I did, it. did it a few times. I tried drinking my own. It's not urine. that bad, right? It wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, it was all right. Yeah, it's one of those things where you could survive on a boat if you drink your urine, or you could die of dehydration. I'd right. rather die. Um, yeah, You're of course. A pussy. Yeah, you exactly. Fucking pussy. You know what I'm saying? I hear. That's why I'm saying, as a father, you'd be able to kill a deer mm. if your kids were hungry and you knew that's what you had to do. Brewer Brewer told me the greatest thing about um, being a father. What he, he goes when you become a father, you completely understand that you could kill another human being. Oh yeah. I didn't understand that. Like, my wife was pregnant at the time, and I was hanging out with Brewer. And, you know, you get all this advice from all your friends, and that's what he told me. And, boy, is that the fucking truth, man. Oh, it's totally. Yeah. You know, I'm the lunatic father at the playgrounds. Are you? Yeah. you like, watch out, little kid. Watch my son's coming down the slide. Oh, no, not that bad. But there was a there was a girl that pushed my son right into a pole bad, and I a lost little girl? my shit. Well, she was bigger than my son, but still, what, three yeah. or four? He was probably a year and a half at the time. And you yelled at the little girl? Uh, I yelled in like just like in general, but the kid was pretty damn scared. Yeah, I was out of my mind because the parent wasn't around. I was like, "Who's?" I, uh, I started screaming, 
Start screaming, whose fucking kid is this? Who's oh fucking... Because my, my kid is like... You know, when you see your kid cry, it's yeah. brutal, right? Yeah, it's pretty brutal. And I mean, you know, I've learned since then you got to be a little cooler about it, but I lost my fucking, my shit. Because she went right at him. You know, he was being an innocent little kid, just kind of like shadow playing with them and following them around. Uh-huh. She turned around and gave him a shove. He went flying to this pole. I thought he was fucked up, too. They say that most kids that, that do that, like physical kind of stuff, it's because that's happening to them. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, we all know our yeah. kids are sponges, right? Yeah, they say when kids like react like violently, like out of out of sort like that. I kind of believe that. Yeah, I I, I notice most kids are passive aggressive assholes. <laughs> do you go to the playground with your kids? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah How do yeah. you handle it? I just let them play, and you let them get like thrown. Well, around. I have a two, I, don't... I have a two and a half year old, and I have a four and a half year old. All so right, yeah, when so... the four and a half year old, I watch her with a little bit more distance. But the two and a half year old, I mirror her. Right. You know, I'm, I'm there. I'm in her shadow. Yeah. Wherever she goes. No, I let I let my kid get roughed up a little bit. But yeah. Not, not that you know being pushed into a. Well, it just pole. doesn't seem very necessary. Yeah, I would definitely say something. But if it wasn't really badly hurt, yeah, I would try not to scream. You know, but it's hard I, when you're. you're I was embarrassed. I, yeah. I lost it, and then some <laughs> some parent came up, but it wasn't her kid. It was like a friend of the of the parent that was uh-huh. watching the kid. And she's trying to go at me, and I'm like, look, you don't even know what the fuck she, she did. Why was because, she going at you? What was she saying? Because I'm yelling. Right. So she thinks I'm yelling at her kid. I'm like, I'm technically not yelling at your kid. I'm, I am losing it because, as you see, my kid is screaming over here. And, yeah. and, I, and I go, you don't even know what the fuck happened. I said, fuck, right to her right. face. She goes, what the? I go, well, do you? Where were you? You weren't watching your kid. So. Uh, yeah, people get real defensive. It's very emotional. When you're dealing with children and injuries and shit, and mm. when you um, when you like see how fucking wacky the world is getting, do you worry about the the future of your children? Ugh, it's fucking. Brutal. I mean, you guys, as part of your show, you, you're brutal. constantly covering everything that's fucked up about the world and there's it's, constant it's, stories, and it's brutal. Yeah, I I, I kind of like the days when I just had to worry about myself. <laughs> yeah, because I also days. I also know that I will absolutely. You know, take one before my kid does. Right. I know I I will jump in front of a car and all that shit now. Well, obviously, yeah. That we hope that that doesn't ever. Happen. Oh, of course. But I do. But all that shit, you know, plays into it. Being a father, you're like, oh my god, this is all stuff I never had to think about or worry about. This world is beautiful in certain spots for certain amounts of time, and the the key is trying to take those certain spots where it's beautiful for certain amounts of time, extend the amount of time and spread out the spots. Nice. You know, I mean, that, that, that really is. I mean, think about, obviously, we all like people. Right. You know, we all love people. We all love people. You know, there's all, we all have really good friends. We all have family. We all have people that we enjoy seeing in movies. The key is to bring everybody else into that, like, sort of a, an environment. Right. And, like, this, this idea that we need constant conflict I think that's all some outdated ape shit, mm-hmm. and I think that that needs to be like looked over and moved forward, and it can be managed. I'm done with conflict. Yeah, it's I, so stupid after I a while. Fucking had it. I heard um, <laughs> through the grapevine yeah. that uh, you there's a video out of you being on top of the fucking Chrysler building or something. <laughs> well, is this is this true? Did you did you get into the bowels of the Chrysler building with some fucking nutty dude and he climbed up on top of the roof and you got like a video of this? Is that possible? Well, there's no video. There's I, no video. There's no video out. There's no video out. 
Hurt well, the the, ro- the through, rumor is you heard through the grapevine. The rumor is that I don't know. I'm not going to want to say anything. I'll just tell you what I've heard. Okay. The rumor is that you have a video that you were there personally mm-hmm. while some fucking lunatic right. was climbing out onto the actual eagles that overhang on the Chrysler building. So he's literally. Walking around on this metal that is not designed to carry a fucking grown man, by the way. I would imagine that metal would be slippery. Oh, slippery as fuck. He's got street shoes on, and he's standing on top of this thing, and it's how many floors? You've seen this? How many floors is this? It might be 60 stories. Jesus fucking (laughs) Christ. That guy's nuts. You've seen this, huh? I've heard. This is what I've heard. This is what I've heard. Is it true? It it gets really windy up there, too. Is it real? How do you you get there in the first place? Ugh. How does one get there? Let's uh, say hypothetically. How yeah. would one get there? How Let's would pretend. one get there? If you were writing a novel that was exactly how it all went down, Man. how would you have the characters do it? This is a novel. This is all fiction. Wow. So you're, this, is, this didn't actually happen. But if it did happen in your book, <laughs> wow. in your book how would the guy do it? Well. <laughs> you can't tell me, huh? Oh, I'm just, we found some I'm just shit. a little nervous. Listen, don't be nervous. There's nothing you do. Well, this is all a- hypothetical. We've already laid that out. Well, the guy uh, Moses that took me underground, he, he, you know, he knows some things. He's done some things. He might have been on the Eagles. It was on. him, the same guy. He might, he might have been. He might have been in on your the, book. In your book, his right. book. You'll be you, writing this. His picture. book that's coming out in March. Oh yeah, there's the, that's the thing. That's the slippery eagle. That motherfucker stood on that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Just watch, just <laughs> looking that, my skin's crawling, my asshole's quivering. I haven't even talked my about... My hands are sweating like <laughs> yeah. crazy. I haven't even talked about this on my own show yet. What did you do? What happened? Tell me what happened. Uh, fuck, he's going to be so fucking pissed. Tough shit! But what, I mean, but why... The fucking word gets out there. The internet has no but, secrets. But why would he, you know, take me on this amazing tour and, and, allow, me, to tell, and, and allow me to film it, you know... Because hmm. maybe he's uh, crazy. That's why he's fucking climbing around on Metal Eagles 69 story. What if he slipped off? Can you look up his book at least? Moses Gates? What if he slipped off and you had that video? I had my first um, anxiety attack, panic attack. Looking at that? Uh, when I went home that night. <laughs> over and over. Over and over again, I, I pictured him falling <sighs> from that eagle. What would you have done? Would you have gotten in trouble if he did that? What do that? you think? How, how am I going to explain that? I think you would have been okay. How? How do you know I didn't push him? You have good lawyers. Why would you push him? I him sitting Jesus on Jesus Christ. Is that him? Mm-hmm. So okay. it's on the internet, right? Okay. So he's a crazy fuck. Wait, what is photos of him. It's on his goddamn Twitter page, Ope. Oh, the right. photo of him on his fucking Twitter page oh, okay. is him that's sitting Moses. on that eagle. So that's, you don't have to worry anymore. That's Moses Gates. He's Hidden uh, Cities? Hidden Cities. Oh, fuck. Moses. It's a TV I show. I swear to God. What's wrong? There's nothing wrong with that. I, well, it's a book. I, I, well, I, I did make a... A kind of a promise to the guy. His book comes out in March. Fuck him and his promises. Dude's got a picture of him standing on top of that thing on his Twitter page. Basically. He's like, hey, don't tell anybody that I'm standing on top of this thing. Meanwhile, he's got a photo of it. Basically. All right. If he has a photo. <laughs> he's got a photo so, of it. So we went under- off the hook. We went underground where the mole people used to live. And then he goes, I want to show you something else. So I go, all right, I'm up. But he won't tell me. We take a cab ride. And I kind of see in the distance, it's the Chrysler building. I'm like, I think he's fucking taking me to the Chrysler building. Oh, Holy no. shit. And uh, all of a sudden, we got past security. His name was on a list. And uh, we went in the elevators. And we went up to, I think, the, I want to say, like, the 
Well, I don't know. I don't want to say. But in the 50s, and then all of a sudden, we get out of the elevator and do a quick dart to the, uh, the stairwell. And then we went up another, I don't know, like maybe seven or eight floors. And next thing you know, there might have been a door unlocked that is a, an office that is abandoned. And from that, you can get that office allegedly to the bowels, or the rather the peak, the attic. Oh wow, you're going there? I thought I was doing the first part of the story. Oh okay, go ahead, do the first part of the story. <laughs> wow, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, is this on it? So uh, this abandoned office leads to. I think it used to be an observation deck back in the day, but the railing's really low. It's only about four feet. Oh, I think something like that. People didn't give a fuck back then. No, and that's they were where harder the, people. And that, and you're looking at it right now. If you're watching, you know, watching this uh, podcast, that's the iconic eagles that have been in a shitload of movies and whatnot. I'm telling you right now, photographed open, a lot. My fucking hands are sweating. Oh, no. Fuck Looking that. at that picture, my hands yeah. are sweating, my toes are wiggling back and forth. I'm shitting my pants. Yeah. I'm just going to unload so, my fucking diaper so, right now. <laughs> so this guy knew that the the office space was abandoned, and this guy you know, knew also that the door was unlocked. So he knew how to do it. Yeah. He'd been, he's well, obviously he's taking well, fucking pictures up there. Well, the there's time. there's uh, there's a whole like network of people. They go to each other's cities and do this shit. So they climb it. on top of each other's roofs uh, and whatever. This is good. this video is a guy's underground in like old water tunnels, and there's guys like climbing the fucking bridges and <sighs> that all that thrill shit. Of being up there must be insane. So, so we had to go up. So then the door was the door to the outside was open, a sliding door, and then it's like an old fucking observation deck with those eagles. And then as I'm at, as I'm at one of the eagles, just kind of filming shit. All of a sudden, I look over and he's standing in, on the head of the eagle. Oh he doesn't even God. tell me. So, I, yeah, there you go. My There's hands the picture. Are soaking wet. <laughs> and then he did it again. And I, I do have a video of him doing it. Fuck it, I do have a video. Of him doing it. <laughs> and uh, when he turns around and get back to safety. I saw the slight slip. I saw how it would happen. Oh, my God. Where that's all it would take because this thing is like kind of – It's first of all, it's not flat. It's, it's, it, it, it's some kind of metal, which looks really slippery. And there oh. was a wind – yeah, the wind was about 30 miles an hour that day. And I saw him turn around and that just slight slip. I'm like, that's how it would have happened. So when I went home that night and I saw that play over and over again in my head and I had my first fucking anxiety attack. I'm a middle-aged man. I've never had an anxiety attack before. My heart was pounding out of my chest. I woke up my wife, and she had to fucking calm me down because over and over again, I saw him fucking falling. If I was there, I would have given you a hit of some of this shit, and it would have put you right over the edge. No shit. Right there at that moment, then you give a hit of that green crack, and you'd be like, what? Yeah. And then, what? And then we might have done all the shit. But. Watching that, just watching that almost gets me a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I got a video of him going out and kissing the head. and He's a crazy prick, man. Yeah, He's he, crazy. Yeah, man. That's, those I, things break I, off, man. And then it kills people below, too. What do you what mean it breaks off? What if it broke off? What if it was loose? <laughs> what if his weight is just not designed to carry oh, a 180-pound man or whatever the hell he weighs? Well, there he is on Twitter, so. Yeah, he's crazy as fuck, that guy. All right, so that part of the story I can tell. That thrill. We, you know who we have coming in, folks? We have Al Alex Honnold. Do you know who Alex Honnold is? Mm -mm. Alex Honnold is, uh, he's coming in on the 28th. He's that kid who free climbs. He free solo climbs, like things that go like backwards. Right. So like he's hanging off and climbing right. and pulling himself up like thousands of feet. He free well, 
Free Solo climbs places that nobody else can do. Well, what about the guy? I forgot his name, and Jim Norton's a big fan of his. Uh, the guy that climbs outside the buildings without any th anything. Who's that? Uh, French dude. Somebody help us out. He climbs buildings? There's a million videos online. It's Spider-Man guy? Is it? Sp Does he call himself Les Spider-Mans? I don't know. Fuck I him. am Les Spider-Man. But there's a video where he was climbing a building, and they made him wear a harness. He didn't want to. Yeah. There's video of him fucking slipping. It would have been his death. Maybe, but maybe it's he, because of the harness, that's why he slipped. Oh. See, you always got an answer. Seems like you're if you have a safety box. net, you'll fall. You're always thinking out of the box. See, Ope, you didn't What's have a safety name? net, and that's why you're successful in this radio business. Oh. If you had that safety net, <laughs> it would have all gone bad. Oh, what is that? This is the, oh, okay. the world's largest building in China. This is the guy climbing this fucking yeah, thing? Spider-Man guy. He uses these suction cup things. Oh, my God. But he's got a cord. Is this the, the time when he had the safety um, net? The safety line? Oh, my God. Look at this guy you've climbing. You've never seen this guy? No, He's climbed pretty nuts. much every tall oh building in the God, world. This is Look at him just hanging off the side like it's no fucking that big deal. makes me shit my pants. No shit. I am shitting my pants just watching <laughs> that. No shit. I, that that is the that fear of heights thing, man. Looking yeah, over the like, edge of a building. There's many times where we were filming Fear Factor, we were at the top of buildings, and I would just freak myself out. That'd be like, cool, right? Look over the edge. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, the Chrysler Building that was pretty amazing. That's one of the tallest buildings in Manhattan, right? Yeah. Now, without with the World Trade Center towers down, uh, is that number one? Empire no, State no. Building number well, one. Well, Empire State Building. Well, no, I think uh, the new. Um, Freedom Tower, whatever the fuck they call it, is now officially taller. And the Freedom Tower is not done yet, right? No, no. It's almost there. Really? When is it going to be done? I don't know. Maybe next year. Maybe. That's got to be crazy to live in a city and see something like that happen. Because all of us that experienced September 11th, we experienced it from the West Coast. Right. You know, like, It was creepy. I, I, I'll never forget uh, the smell of uh, plastic and death. You could smell Dramatic death. pause. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I I stayed. I wasn't living in the city at the time, but uh, I stayed for you know a few days so we could broadcast because they shut down the whole fucking city. And in Midtown, you smelled burning plastic and you smelled death. There was no doubt in your fucking mind that was that was dead people. Wow! All the way in Midtown, I, I don't know how many miles officially that is from Ground Zero, but you know it's quite a hike. And I also remember that some people were just going about their day like. Nothing was different. I remember, like, studying people. I remember looking at these two women. They were going to happy hour, and they were just talking about their dumb office, you know, their day at the office. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, holy fuck, do you understand just what happened to the city 24 hours ago? Oh, God. I never never forgot that. Yeah, it's weird how people can do that. It's weird how some people can just kind of shut off and disconnect. Yeah, because most of the people living in New York, they were all like, holy fuck. But you did see these other people that they basically their their lives didn't change that day. I noticed that when Even I went to New York, that people were friendlier. Oh, I noticed for, that people got a lot friendlier, beyond friendly. All of a sudden, like you're looking people in the eyes. Like when you live in New York City, you don't look at anybody. Yeah, it's a very lonely place. There's yeah. so many people. Like, Isn't that weird? It's a lonely place. Like Isn't no it? one looks at anyone. Yeah. No one strikes up any conversations. Very rare. But after 9-11, everyone was talking to each other. It was really cool. That it was, is a weird thing about New York. You go to a, a big place, and it's crowded with people, and no one's talking to anybody, nobody. and everybody's being themselves. Uh, unless themselves. they know they could get a buck off you. Yeah. 
It's very strange. If they know they can make money off you, then they're talking to you. But in general, you're not having that, that you know, that small talk. Like I, I live in a building. I've been there four years. I don't know anyone in my building. No one talks to anyone. I see the same people in the elevator, and I want to look at them like we know each other. How about we talk a little bit? And I've tried. But and I you think you're a creep. No, it happens to everybody. It would be easy to say that, but no. But then when you do have a conversation with someone in the elevator in my building, you know they're visiting. Right. There's no doubt in your mind because they're the ones that ha- are having that small No, talk. but they don't think you're a creep when you're trying to start up a conversation? Oh, uh, I don't know because I feel like, God, we've seen each right, other right, so right. many times. I don't think I'm doing anything out of the ordinary. I never liked that about New York. I always thought that was like really unfortunate that that, that sort of uh, behavior exists. Right. That people are like real standoffish with each other. and yeah. One of the things that I liked the most about living uh, when I lived in Colorado was uh, how few people there were. There's only 100,000 people in Boulder. People are very friendly. Right. You know, because it's less less burnout. It's like, you know, you're around people all the time. You're like, fuck, will you get the fuck away from me? <laughs> yeah. But then if you see somebody that you haven't seen in forever, you're so happy to see them. It's right. like you got to find – got to strike a balance point. I don't think the balance point is stacking people up 70 fucking no, stories I, high. And I kind of miss when I used to live in western New York. It was like yeah. more of a small town you know, mentality. Have people you guys ever friendlier. Have you ever guys th- thought about moving somewhere else? Have you and Anthony ever thought about not living in New York and just fucking taking the show on the road somewhere? Oh, hell no. No? No. I don't, I don't even know how many more years we're going to do it. What are you going to do if you don't do that? Just chill out for a while. Get the fuck out of here. What are you going to die? Going to get old no, and fall man. apart? Fucking hang out with get my... right back in I'm the gonna, hunt. I'm going to just chill out. You know what you guys should do? For real, you should do exactly. We're, we're trying to figure out what's next for you us. You should do exactly what you're doing, but do it on the internet. Because that's what's going to be in everyone's fucking stereo. No, everyone's no. car stereo is going to be connected to the internet. We probably should have made the leap this last contract. But, but you can make the leap, you know. Two years. Slowly. You know, you could just do it under assumed names that everybody right. knows. You know, you could come up with your own name. Right. You know, fucky and douchey face. <laughs> you know, whatever. Call it. I think uh, Dale Dudley, they call themselves Teabag and Taint. You know, I, don't, I think he's got some sort of a, a, a contract issue yeah. thing like that. Just uh, do it and just start it up. What, what could they do? I've done it for a long time. I know, I'm but it's for... easy and it's fun. I'm just looking for something new and different. Oh, yeah? Like what? I don't know. That's the problem. Hmm. I don't know. The West Coast? I, I've been fooling around with this video yeah, shit. West Coast. Come on out here, I, man. I've had a lot of fun with this. How about have a video on Desk Squad? Bring you full circle. Let's you do, do a that. podcast. Let's do a podcast. Make some videos. Yeah. With that <laughs> fucking right. squad, man. Be right next to Kevin Pereira. Yeah. So I hope Moses isn't pissed at me. Listen, Moses is a crazy fuck, and he's got other things to worry about. He's How nuts. about his need to climb on top of that eagle? He's nuts. crazy asshole. And then we might have done other shit. But... I don't want to hear it. I'm getting nervous. My hands literally are sweaty. They're like they're wet with <laughs> that was, sweat. That was yeah, yeah. It'll come <laughs> out. I think it'll come out in March because I, I sort of promised the guy. Uh, well, whoopsies. But if his, you know, if he's sitting on the eagle on his Twitter, I guess we're all right with that. Yeah, this uh, Alex Honnold guy that we got coming in, you know, we were talking about him. I told Steve Ranella, I go, yeah, I got uh, Alex Honnold is coming in. He's going to do the podcast. He goes, better get him in as quick as you can. Those guys ain't going to last. <laughs> I don't I don't even know who he is, to be honest with you. He's the climber guy, the free solo oh, climber that, oh, guy. Oh, right, okay. Right, right. It's like, right. you better get him in because he's not going to last. Yeah, he's going to fall, right? Eventually. I don't know. Maybe not. He knows what he's doing. Shit. 
That takes fucking balls. <laughs> you ever see those guys, like those those real mountain climbers, where they have to be up there for the night and they set up their fucking yeah. You can't even like call that. it tents. Yeah. Whatever the fuck the apparatus is that is just yeah. hanging off the side of it, and they and they're able to get a good night's sleep. <laughs> How the fuck do you do that? I know. What if you roll over in your sleep and take Some, that whole anything, thing right off <laughs> right the edge? Anything. Woo! And nope. then you realize as you feel your back touch the ledge. Oh my god! I'm going up. Oh right. Yeah! In the tent. No, you're 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 off the ledge. Yeah. These these uh, sleeping. I don't know what they're officially called. You're actually off the ledge oh. sleeping. Somehow they hammered into the side of the fucking oh Jesus Christ cliff or whatever. Can you find a picture of that? What is it's insane. What is it called? I don't know. He'll he'll find it. Oh, Jesus. But they set it up because you know their climb is that that fucking long and they got to like camp out for a while and there's no you know they're on the side of the fucking. What do you think of those crazy fucks that get in those wingsuits? <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Did you see that one video? It doesn't look that's real the, where he jumps. That's the tent thing. Look at that. Yeah. Oh just hanging God. off the side. And, and, and it's somewhere in your brain. You're like, yeah, this is cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now sleep. And that then I'll, I'll continue my climb in the morning. So insane. Yeah. What are, the, what, are, what are those? Oh, my God. Look at how that is set up. That is the craziest fucking thing I've ever looked at in my life. <laughs> really? And you've seen some shit. Those things are crazy. They're hanging those things off the edge, and they're just sleeping in those little tent things. And you gotta, you oh. gotta hope that. What, however, you fucking fast it, you know, put it to the side of the yeah, the rock face that it, it's gonna be all right. Fucking bananas. Look, they, they got, Open that one up, Brian. That one with the where red, they look the red like jacket. they're just having tea. Yeah. The one to the left of that. Oh my Look, god. They're just hanging uh, out reading. That is so funny. You've never seen this one before. Crazy. I'm no. kind of happy that I was able to turn you on to oh some Oh my god. These people are nuts. You're always turning me on to some shit. I finally got Look you. Look at got that fucking picture. Oh my god. <laughs> could you do that? Oh, I mean, I guess I could, but I wouldn't like it at all. No. All my instincts. How long do like, you last? I don't know. I mean, like, you're essentially like shutting off that part of your brain. It right. tells you you're, you're shit in your pants. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know? It tells you you could die with one little slip. But those guys die all the time. Yeah. You know, those climber guys, that's a, that's a crazy life. Of course. You might, you might make it. You might be fine. So what's up with the wingsuits? Those guys are out of their mind. Did you see the one video where the guy thinks holding up the balloons or something and the wingsuit guy comes flying through? No. I think it's on Vimeo or something. He's holding up a balloon. In the Someone tweeted guy. the other day. It was just amazing. He jumped off the top of a fucking mountain, and now he's flying through the valley, and, and he's coming toward his buddy, and the, the, his buddy, I think, holds up balloons or something, literally right over his head, and he comes flying. At, you can barely see. It's just like a flash. Yeah, they're going really fast. They go like 100 miles an hour. That is fucked up. They're so silly. Look at these motherfuckers climbing this wall. These people are so crazy. Your your uh, fingertip strength has got to be ridiculous. Oh yeah, these guys can do mad chin ups too. Their hand strength and their their ability to do chin ups is fucking nuts. What they am can I doing? Like one finger chin ups. Mars who works on our show. He, I didn't see it. I heard him talking about, it, but I had to do something before we start our radio show last week. There was a video. He he was going. This fucking guy's doing uh, chin ups with one finger. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, but I believe it. You, you believe it. Yeah. Yeah, people can One do that. One fucking finger. just takes time. You know, you start out with your full hand, then you work your way to four fingers, three fingers, right. two fingers. And the more you keep doing it, you can do it. Wow. The guys can do chin-ups or, or push-ups, rather, with one finger. I've seen that. 
one finger on each side. So right. you guys do push-ups. Jesus. Like full push-ups. Amazing. Just supporting themselves with one finger. Right. Yeah, you can develop crazy strength in your hands and your tendons. It's like the difference between someone who's really strong and someone who's not really strong is that the someone who's really strong, whoa, look at this guy fall. Oh, my Jesus. God. The, look at him. He's being a dickhead. He's, nah, like, he's just fucking having around. fun. The difference That's between, having fun? Yeah, because <laughs> he slipped and caught himself and it was okay. But the difference between someone really strong and someone who's not really strong, besides genetics, is that the, someone who's really strong forced their body to get strong by making it lift weights a right. lot and keep going and keep going. Fuck you, lift the weights. Fuck you, lift the weights. So this Alex Honnold guy or any of these climber guys, they're constantly climbing and climbing. Oh, my God. This guy just fell. Look at this. Oh, shit. This guy... Oh, but, my God. But then he knows how to grab the yeah, rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got to slam it to the side now. But the impact. Oh, fuck that. The impact. I never had a desire on that, to climb. On that thing that's supporting him is so crazy. Right. Because if that breaks off, man, you're fucked. And he's just silly around. He missed. <laughs> their hands get super strong because they just force them to. They're constantly carrying shit with their hands. So their, their hands just get thick mm. as fuck. The kid is coming in. He has his fan. His fingers are like sausage fingers, really, like twice the size of a normal finger. Really, yeah. They just they just get huge from carrying his weight. He's not a big guy. He's like very, you want to be very slight, big hands, and be a slight person. Right. Carry yourself around. Fuck around. that. It's, but you know, it's a weird way to get your thrills. You know, sure. It's a weird way to just get your jollies out of climbing to the top of something that can fucking kill you and sleeping on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to the top of the Chrysler. We got to wrap this bitch up. Joe, this was fun, man. You got me out of my comfort zone. I'm so happy you came down and do this. uh, This podcast owes you a lot, man. Not just for naming Death Squad, which is a ridiculous name, but, you know. That deserves a Twitter plug. (laughs) Give me one. But not not just that, but for staying, for creating uh, a radio show that allowed us to realize that there's a show in just fucking talking. There's There's a show in just hanging, and that... You know, you guys make it so comfortable for us, for comics to come in and fuck around. Right. And uh, I think a lot of podcasts really follow that lead. I kind of, I don't want to play that game usually, but I kind of get that feeling. A lot of the podcasts are very, very much like O and A. I feel like it. You guys are feel the it. most unstructured of all the major radio well, shows. Well, I told you that's because we're lazy. And yeah, it just but it's also out. because it works. That's the right way to do it. You're lucky that the lazy way is the right way to do it. We actually it used it to. Interesting. We used to like prepare for our show, and we we that was like that was some of our worst shows ever. Because <laughs> we did try to have structure for a while there. And there's some days we're like, we don't even know what the fuck we're doing. But it, by the end of the show, we, you know, we yeah. know we had a good one. You guys have an awesome groove, you know, between Norton, who's, in my opinion, the funniest fucking guy who's ever been on radio ever. He makes me howl, like, right. on a regular basis, listen to that show, just because he's so perverted and twisted, and he's carved <laughs> out his own little fucking slice of the world with that, you know, his way right. of th- And you know his way of thinking, so it's extra hilarious when he says something fucked up. And then Anthony's fucking bananas, and you're crazy, and the three guys together know each other so well, and then you bring in comics. It's just awesome. It's and been a good run, man. It, it has. And it, it, for real, is the reason why we do this podcast today. I guarantee you it has a lot to do with it. kind of weird that someone will acknowledge us. It's kind of weird. weird. I, yeah, not many people do. Really? Nobody yeah, acknowledges Joe, that, that. Do you feel left out, poor old No, no. It just love mean, that you need. Honestly, it means a lot. Thank you. Listen, I don't know me. how to handle that because we, uh, don't, we usually don't hear that. <laughs> well, listen, you guys, uh, you, you created the most fun environment in radio for comics to come and hang out. Thanks, and, brother. And because of that, you've had so many funny fucking shows. I mean, it's just a, 
been a brilliant, brilliant run. You know, Thanks, it's not like it's over or anything. I'm saying it like it's over, like you're retiring and shit. I'm do- I'll retire. be on the radio tomorrow. I stayed in L.A. just for you. Have you done live in the compound? Have you done live yeah. from the compound? Yeah, I the early days. That. He's another reason. Anthony's another reason why we're doing it. That's yeah. why we started doing it on Ustream. Yeah, he, uh, he's nuts. This nutty motherfucker you <laughs> work with. Nuts, I love him. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to be there, uh, I think, in April or something like right, that, cool. or March. So whenever there's a, U- there's a UFC coming up there soon. I'm taking I'll a red eye and I'll be on the radio tomorrow. Fuck. I'm going to be there a day early. So yeah. uh, just to hang with you guys. All, All right, right, Joe. All right, my brother. Opie, follow Opie on Twitter, you, you creeps. Opie Radio, at Opie, O-P-I-E Radio. Thank you, everybody.